Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. is Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer, with your host, Mr. Gameplay Goodness himself, Stevie Stroh. All right, everybody, we're here, and welcome to... Episode 36 of Coco Talk, the uh, first Coco Talk of December. It means Christmas is just a couple of weeks away and the uh, 2018 is, is right around the corner. And it's been a pretty cool year for, for all things retro. So um, welcome all in the live stream. We've already got five people watching us right now and um, in the live stream. So Brian Joyce is out there, Norlander's out there, Mark Overholzer, and uh, one of Drencore, David Ladd's personalities, is out there too. So um, thanks all for being there in the live stream. And we've got a great panel. Now, Grant, you need to turn your camera on because you're showing up as Coco Talk, unless you don't want to be on camera. But the little picture that says Coco Talk right now, that is Grant Leedy. Welcome to the show, Grant. Thanks for being here as always. Okay. <laughs> he might be coughing. He's he might cool. be, yes. Okay, so Grant is a little under the weather, but he's here with us, and he's still managing to be the Skype engineer. Next to Grant, Mr. Ron Delvaux of Ron's Garage fame. <laughs> we don't know what he did before Ron's Garage, but that's how we know him now as that celebrity. Um, of too many fames to mention, but Mr. L. Curtis Boyle is with us from the Great White North. Hello, Curtis. Hello, everyone. Wearing a stunning Coco Talk t-shirt, Mr. Mark Overholzer is with us. Morning, uh, back, back after a week, we gave week, uh, we gave Sir David Ladd a week off. It was in his contract that he does get paid time off. So um, <laughs> after his little holiday, he has returned to us, Mr. Sir David Ladd. Welcome back, David. Glad to have you. Welcome, everyone. And, hey, if you're uh, paying for time off, I'll take next week off. <laughs> We've got a new member to the panel here who we'll get to know in just a minute here. Brian Joyce is here from Australia. Good day, Brian. Good day, Steve. It is, it is in my contract to always have an Australian on the show. So since Nick Marentes is not here, we do have a stunt double for him. <laughs> I'll try and channel uh, Mr. Marionette. <laughs> Ease of use. From sunny California, Mr. Steve Bjork is with us. Steve, thanks for being here. Hey, how's everybody doing today? We're doing good. And out there in Texas, where everything is bigger, we have Mr. Richard Lorbieski with us of Boyson Tech. How are you, Richard? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing Howdy. fantastic. Howdy, y'all. Howdy. Howdy, partner. 
I'm the and, one that should be speaking. Look at my uh, uh, icon, <laughs> you know, speaking that way. Oh, well, wait a second, folks. My producer is letting me know this just in here, but I believe uh, esteemed uh, game author and uh, retro celebrity uh, Rick Adams is about ready to join us. Rick Adams, welcome to the program. Hello. Welcome, Rick. So we are in episode 36, and before we move any further, I, I would like to just recognize that we do have a new person in the panel, Brian Joyce. And um, Brian, I'm sure, obviously, you're not new to the Coco. I see, actually, it looks like Temple of Rom in the background there, possibly Dungeons of Dagrath, too. A couple of great classics, a couple of Cocos in the background. And I, I know you're not new to the Coco, but you're slightly new to being in some of our little um, uh uh, community discussions with discord and skype and stuff so you want to tell us a little bit about yourself when you got into the coco and then fast forward to what you're doing today in the retro hobby yeah, no worries steve thank you for that um just want to start out probably by saying that um one of my screens is dedicated to the member who just joined um rick adams um, what was my first game my first ever game for the coco Hooray! So, yeah <laughs> it's an awesome <laughs> game i love um I live in uh, Canberra in Australia. Um, I got my first colour computer in 1983. Um, I was about 12 years old. Um, uh, it was a 16K colour computer and I had no cassette player, no disc, no cartridges, nothing. Just the, just the computer itself. Um, so um, every time I turned it on it had to be programmed in some way, uh, which was fun. Um, and I lived in a small coastal town at the time, so we didn't really have a, a sort of a, a radio shack or a tandy store very close. Um, our closest one was about 50 kilometres away, or about 30 miles. Um, and yeah, so um, I eventually got uh, the first game, I said, as I mentioned before, was um, Temple of Rome, and finally got a cassette recorder, and, uh, and the next one I think was Dungeons of Dagger, so the two games behind me. Uh, the, the two that I first got. So, um, yeah, um, living on the, the coast, there wasn't any sort of access to, or didn't have much access to books and rainbow and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, all the stuff that I did on the, on the computer was uh, self-taught, which is why I don't know assembly. I have a, I've mentioned before, I've had a, I have a 6502 brain that just doesn't hold things um, in, in its memory. So. Um, yeah, so I haven't got into assembly yet, and I'm only 47, so I've got plenty of time to go. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think I, like most people's stories, I think um, I pretty much owe what I do now to the Coco. Um, I'm a web application and uh, web application programmer and designer. Um, recently changed um, career paths though, so I'm getting more into financial stuff. Um, but yeah, um, I, I owe my career to the Coco. Yeah. Very cool. Very very cool. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank you very much. It's always nice to have some uh, some new blood into the show. A little shot in the arm, give us some invigoration. So um, definitely nice to have you here. And uh, we are back for week thirty six. With this is. Um, 
This is the, uh, you know, the first episode of December. And so I guess one of the first things that we'll go around the room and ask everybody is, um, is anybody um, working on a project right now that they have an update they want to share with us? Or did anybody pick up anything cool on eBay or anywhere else, any projects or acquisitions or updates? I just uh, posted a my Atari uh, Coco do Atari uh, project. Okay, uh, up on Facebook. And what is the code name for that project? Uh, I can't even remember what I'm. Na- I think I called that Project <laughs> Mercury. I think Project Mercury, because last week you teased at several project code names. All right, so one of them now is a. Uh, uh, say it again. Mercury. This is the Coco to Atari joystick adapter. Coco to Atari joystick adapter. Um, so it will probably be similar to the one that John and Neil have, which is the Sega Joypad adapter? Uh, yes. The, you know, the, the difference in mine is uh, his, uh, his joystick adapter, the, the Sega one, his is completely compatible with the Sega, the, uh, the six-button one. Uh, mine would only work with the uh, B and C uh, buttons. Uh, I don't. I, I don't have anything that would. I couldn't put all that in inside the little DB9. So, uh, the the only difference is mine is you know this the design's been around for thirty plus years. Right. Uh, with the forty sixty six uh, chip. So what I decided to do was to make it all compact and put it inside the DB9 uh, connector. So it'll just be like a little seamless uh, connector. Okay, so it's basically like a dongle, like a one, like the uh, pigtail thing that just has one end is a female for the joystick, the other end is the male that goes into the Coco? Correct. Okay. You so. just plug it in, plug it in, put your Atari joystick in there, and uh, or your uh, Sega gamepad, mm-hmm. uh, the three-button one, and uh, it should work. Okay. And so you would end up needing t- two of these cables if you wanted to run two joysticks? Correct. Are you selling them in pairs or are you selling them individually? Uh, I'm going to sell them both individual and in pairs. Okay. Uh, uh, hopefully, I'll have them out in about two weeks. Uh, the electronics, if you look at the picture, I just posted it up on Facebook. It's very, very small. And hand soldering these things are completely out of the question, even though I might be a pretty good at soldering. But uh, this is just too intricate. So I'm going to be uh, – I have an oven on order to where I'll uh, – put these into the machine and have them soldered that way. And it's going to take about two weeks uh, to get all this done. Okay. I'm going to switch over to full screen right now for those watching at home. We'll be able to see it. So yeah, this is, um, and I, and this is what she says to me a lot, a lot, but this is really tiny here. Um, (laughs) 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 uh, yeah. So that's, that would be the, uh, the Atari side, the DE nine. Yeah. The Atari side, so you've got a little tiny circuit doohickey in there. You got some wires going off of that, and then that goes into the cable that goes to the uh, six-pin DIN, then, right? A five or six-pin DIN. Yep. Now, is this going to be Coco one Correct. and two and three compatible? Would this work on a Coco? Uh, yeah, a lot of this. Uh, uh, what it was? We're losing you. This will this will work on the one, two, and three. Now the Coco three has the two fire button. Right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah we hear you. Or do we? Mm-hmm. Lost him again. Yeah, damn NSA okay. tapping going on again. Oh, okay. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's compatible with the Coco One. We got a bit of a lag here. Yeah, the NSA does not want this information out. This is going to change the world. This is the next best thing to like renewable energy here, and uh, we just the evil corp does not want the world to know about this. Apparently, um, yes. <laughs> okay, keep, can you guys guys hear me now or? Well, you right. you let it, you keep talking, and we'll tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, it is Coco One, Two, and Three compatible. Just remember, the Coco Three has the two fire buttons. Yes. Uh, the Coco One and Two do not. And I will have also a version that will be Dragon compatible as well. Neato. And what was the main difference? I know there was a difference in a connector somewhere. One one system had one less pin than the others, and that's where I'm drawing a little fuzzy blank there. Um, right. The Dragon has is a five. DIN connector. It's a two seventy, yeah, two seventy degree connector, and it takes. Uh, it, most people, what they do is they cut the center uh, pin out of the joystick adapter. The ones I'm going to be selling will have that already removed for the Dragon. Okay, okay. So it's just one pin difference, and I wasn't sure if that difference was between the Coco Two and the Coco Three because I knew the Coco Three could read an extra button. Um, very cool. What do you what do you anticipate the uh, street price of that product to be? It's free. <laughs> uh, free. <laughs> yeah, you're you're breaking up. I don't know if it's my end or it's got to be your end. But yeah, yeah, everybody else is fine. So I think yeah. It's no, end. we were asking you what do you what do you expect to sell the cable for? If you can hear me. Uh, it's a uh, single cable is going to be 15 and then in pairs is going to be $22, $22, such a deal. Scott Wunt just came in and said $1 million. That's in yeah, Canadian. For, yeah. for David Lapp, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, very cool. Cool project. And that, that will kind of feed into our, our main topic today when we get to that, you know, um, and we might as well go ahead and tease with that right now. The topic today as proposed by Mr. Bjork himself, which is a great um, topic, is cocoa wish list items. Since it's Christmas time and you had to wish for a cocoa topic, uh, cocoa product, either real or an imaginary, what you know? What do you feel you need to make your uh, your life better and make your cocoa's life better? So that's been our main topic today. Uh, cool stuff, Richard. Anything else you want to share with us? Or are you good? Uh, I'm good right now. Anybody no else more have teasing a, project? Uh, okay, uh, Mark Overholzer, you don't have to raise your hand. This is not uh, grade school, Mark. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, sir, in the back of the room. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, last week, uh, Jim Brain mentioned this product uh, that he got a got one, then he got a couple more. It's called the Flash Air. Okay. <clears throat> and what it is is it's an SD card. Uh, there's a couple different versions you can get, but this is a 16 gig one. You can get a 32 and a 64 also. Uh, there's four different levels. There's a W1 to the W4. You'd want a W3 or W4. But what it is is it's an SD card, but it also has a Wi-Fi radio that's 802.11 uh, BN and G, BGNN, as well as, say, a web server. And what it's mainly used for is cameras. Basically, your camera writes a file to it, and then you can attach up to seven devices to it, pull the photo across like a laptop or something. But you can also activate the web DAF mode, which means that you could put this in your Coco SDC, connect it, and set it for uh, infrastructure mode so it connects to your local Wi-Fi, and then you can push files from your computer over to your Coco. So okay. I actually loaded, I actually loaded Forest to Doom across to it, and then played it on my Coco Three. Ah, and that you solves. Know, you that don't solves have to unplug problem. the card, take it to your PC. Nope. You just yes. wirelessly transmit. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah, that solves one of my first world problems, you know, is that every time I have to update my SD card, I've got to go through the laborious, physical, demanding challenge of pulling it out of the cocoa, sticking it in my computer, dumping data, and then putting it back in. If you don't know what that struggle is like, folks, um, you know. <laughs> it's a rotary phone. Cool. You know, it's just terrible. $32 on, on Amazon. Uh, for $37.50, you can get the, uh, the 32 gig one. Wow. And remember that Coco SDC has a 32 gig limit. So, okay. Anyway, do not get the W2 or the W1. You want the W3 or the W4. And what does the W stand for? Is this a model number, uh, version number? Generation. 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 Generation okay. 1, Generation 2, Generation 3, Generation 4. So. Okay. So you said you, you did you pair this, uh, and I know that's not the right word, but you, you said you did join it in infrastructure or you did not join it yep. in infrastructure? Yeah, Jim Brain posted a, a, a some configuration information. Also, there's a link to the configuration stuff for the card, so I can post all that stuff for you. But post that in anyway. the YouTube chat as well for the general public to see. I uh, will do that. Very Does cool. Does it also smell good? Say what? Does it also smell good? <laughs> nah. sure. If it had some type of pine tree scent yeah. to it, it would be perfect for this time of year, right? Little. Christmas tree smelling air freshener. Uh, <laughs> does it also <laughs> smell good? Uh, we could ask that question of several of the panel members here as well, I suppose. So. Well, we Let's not say we did. <laughs> uh, I love Aussies there. We've got a uh, we got a koala bear over there. Hello, koala bear. Hey, mate. <laughs> good day. Good day. Uh, flavor of Australia there. All right, very cool. Anybody else got any um, projects, updates this week they want to share? Anything you picked up that was kind of cool? I'll just do a quick update on the uh, Nitrous 90s of Use project. There's a couple more things added to it. Discovered a couple programs that are breaking, which I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I've also been disassembling Rogue because uh, I want to add a feature for being able to switch the fonts from the command line so you can use some of the alternative fonts and eventually do an extended font for it to create unique shapes for the monsters, which I posted in Discord. If anybody's really good at drawing 8 by 8 graphics in two colors, background and foreground, and wants to design 26 monsters based on the Rogue game, please, please feel free to send send that up to us, and I'll try to incorporate that into a, a release at some point. Very, very cool. All right, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. This will be the first break of the show. We'll be back, and then we'll see you in a couple minutes, folks. Hey guys, this is Bruce Moore, author of Forest of Doom, and uh, we Canadians have already had our Thanksgiving. Hi, I'm Kieran Anscombe, author of XRAW, and your brain is resolving sensory input into Cocoa Talk. Hey, what's going on everybody? It's me, it's Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. You know, gameplay. To get your copy of a Gameplay Goodness Color Computer Gaming DVD today, head on over to 8bit256.com. There you will find several DVDs featuring Color Computer Gameplay videos by the original gamer Stevie Stroh. So to get your very own copy of a Gameplay Goodness Color Computer Gaming DVD, head on over to the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com and tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. All right, the first of many shameful plugs. Uh, so the next thing we want to talk about right now is I want to get into a little bit of uh, feedback of what has been going on here uh, this week. And so what I would like to share with you guys right now, let me see if anything has changed right now. When it comes to downloads, we're very close to 3,300 downloads right now. So we had just broken the 3,200 um, audio download last week. 
and we're close to 3,300, so we're definitely, um, you know, averaging that 100 down podcast downloads per week. Right now, it's looking like... I'm sorry, like, Steve, but 3,200 of those are mine. Sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> Don't be sorry at all. Um, so one of our most popular uh, listened-to episodes right now was uh, episode 31 when we talked about possibly reviving the Rainbow Magazine. And when we look at just last week's episode, which was just, again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider changing the release schedule, but that was released yesterday, late yesterday, and we've gotten 53 downloads right now um, on that on that episode and um, that's not bad for only being there uh, a couple of days right so I am toying with the idea of possibly releasing the audio very shortly after the video um, and and seeing how that affects things and I also wanted to talk about a little bit of feedback that we got um, uh, from our YouTube comments so Steve Powell had posted a question um, you know, does anybody know where we can purchase a 6309? Now, I know that um, Richard had mentioned something, but I don't think I actually responded back to to Steve Powell yet. So um, I'll have to make sure I get back to Steve for. All right, clicking on the wrong damn thing there. All right, so that whole let's make the show better thing just went completely sideways with one swift. Uh, uh, you know, this is what happens when you get me drunk on the show. Um, I thought yeah, that was so, the theme music for your uh, <laughs> comment segment. So. Yeah, yeah. So one of the other feedbacks we got, which I thought was great, and I completely agree with him, was uh, Bruce Moore was one of the people that, that wrote us back, and he said that one of his favorite quips from episode 35 was Steve Bjork's comment where he says, if you keep the MC-10 in plastic, it doesn't get dirty and it holds the door better. <laughs> so, I was listening to that, that section a little bit earlier today. There were so many there were so many jabs at the MC-10. And I think now David Ladd is off the hook now. I think we can now just make fun of the MC-10. <laughs> there was so, there was so much uh, just... Um, Terrible, terrible things said about that machine last week. It's so. the fruitcake of the 8-bit world. <laughs> yeah, so. Ser yeah. Seriously, I wish I could go back to in time and play all the stuff we talked about to the guys who were designing the machine. Uh huh. And I could just imagine them all quitting at the same time. <laughs> I'm just uh, waiting for somebody to make another floppy drive for the... Uh, MC10, so we can combine the David Ladd MC10 segments together. <laughs> I was mourning the Coco Deluxe for a while. Yeah, really. Are you gonna show us something, Rick? Or are you just um, moving your camera around at random? Well, I was trying. To, I'm trying to figure out on Skype how to switch to the front camera on my iPod, uh, my iPad rather. Ah. Uh, I so I was trying to do it with the front camera. It's like I don't have the manual dexterity to, to zoom in on the screen with that because it's all backwards from what I'm expecting. So I'll try to move the thing closer to the screen and it goes further away. So so it's driving me nuts. So Okay. And there's, I can't see in the UI where you uh, – oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Live tutorial. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, there's my project I'm working on. Not Actually, the project I'm not working on right now. Uh, because I've been too busy getting my Christmas lights going. Yeah, I saw a sneak peek of, of that. Yep. So, uh, my game, which I don't have fully developed yet, and I don't even have—I haven't even fully developed the concept yet, and it doesn't even have a have a name yet. 
but I got like that, that could be an episode text and and you've got you've got a lot of scrolling text going on in multiple windows there. I saw that much. Right, and then uh, the the thing that I added lately, I had a spare fifteen minutes. Was the the little blinking cursor where you're typing in your command? Ah, neat. Uh, it looks very so, terminal esque. Yeah. Yes, it does. So it's randomly, mm. you know, scrolling stuff by. And okay. It's going to be all these windows, and, and we'll get to it. What uh, uh, is that in back, the 640 resolution? Uh, yeah. Okay. Six, so. 640 by 225. Oh, nice. And it actually might be a bridge too far. It's like I I wanted to try a specific. You know, I wanted to try a Coco 3 mode that I'd never used before and wasn't possible before because I wanted to kind of throw myself into that world and see what I could do. But it may be more resolution than I really need for this game because I'm I'm, I'm starting to think about how the whole game is going to work. And I'm, I'm kind of hard-pressed to come up with enough text to put in, in a, you know, uh, that many windows, uh, you know, that actually makes sense in a game. So I'll, I'll have to think about that. Okay. Just just make the game about floppy drives, and then David can help you fill in all the text. <laughs> <laughs> you have a real-time hex dump of what's going on in the floppy while you're uh, pulling in data. <laughs> that almost sounds like a cool idea for a game, you know, like Floppy Explorer. kind of reminds me of the, um, what was that movie where they put people in a submarine and put them inside the body? and, and uh, uh-huh. the, the original one Fantastic from the, Voyage. Fantastic Voyage. Imagine that. Imagine getting down to right. a molecular level and, like, surfing the tracks and, uh, you know, <laughs> driving around looking at the bits of data on a, on a floppy. That actually might be kind of a cool game. Uh, yeah, or you can have two viruses battling out on the floppy like the old <laughs> Core Wars game. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, somebody at Rainbow, I think Jim Reed or one of those guys, uh, was talking about wouldn't it be cool if you had a like an adventure game where you were, you know, uh, going through uh, all the different chips that are inside a color computer. You know, oh, now you're in you're inside the Sam now. You know, can you get to the Gimme chip? You know. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like escape the cocoa type thing. Maybe <laughs> take a wrong kinda, turn, end up in the yeah. Inside. You're you're kind of like combining Tron with that, where you've been beamed into the computer, and now you've got to get out, mm-hmm. but you've got to run through the circuit traces and the chips and stuff. <laughs> if you take I a wrong you turn, are. you end up in the in the cassette uh, tape player. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You're going to be stuck here writing out a backup for the backup the next twenty minutes. Yeah. Right. Uh, I want to say a quick hi to Coco Man out there in the live chat too. So Coco Man, uh, another new kind of somewhat new member to our little group of uh, Discord and stuff, and and you're you're welcome to join us on the Skype call if if you're able. Don't be shy. And Scott Went is out there too, who I got to meet in person this year at Tandy Assembly. Hey Scott, how are you? Um, and yeah, Coco Man says that he thought that Richard's um, cable was a bargain price. So very cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a neat idea. I love projects like that. So, yes, and Tom C. just joined us. Hello, gents. Hey, Tom. Yeah, so guys, join us on Skype if you want to call in. Yeah, I like the I like the view there, Rick. It looks good. It's a nice windowing system. It looks like something that it, look, it would look completely unordinary if this was running on an IBM PC, because that's exactly what it looks right. like as a traditional PC. Oh, yeah. But the fact very it's running on a Coco is um, very cool. It looks very terminal-ish. It looks very... IBM PC terminal and nice plumbing you got there too. How's that hot water heater holding up? Yeah. Doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you got that thing hooked up to a Raspberry Pi somewhere? Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Controlling the heat distribution of my house through my Raspberry Pi. <laughs> cool stuff, cool stuff. We got 18 people viewing live right now. So yeah, it's been great feedback. I also want to say in the um, in the area of feedback that we've had three people um, who have graciously become patrons of the show now. And so now I have to figure out how the whole patron thing works because I don't know how that works. Tim Franklin, you have just joined us too. Hello, Fr uh, Tim hey, Franklin. Hey, you got your Coco 3 yet? So um, Disney Saints fan has joined, has uh, become a patron. I believe that's Alan Huffman. Uh, yep. We have D. Bruce Moore has become a patron. And also Richard Lorbieski has become a patron. So basically people who are already on the show and have already donating their own personal time are now also donating money which makes me feel really really guilty um but it's all going back into the production this is a top notch um highly polished show oh, are you getting ready to show us some of your lights here too rick we're seeing a well, view I'm out your window here. mounted in the window yeah that's um, cool if i turn them on that nothing will really happen because it's daylight right be very obvious on the camera so but that's my upper windows and then i showed you my lower windows earlier which right. are completely bricked in with lights. I'm getting uh, into uh, Steve Bjork's territory here. I'm doing Chris, uh, Christmas Christmas hacking. Right, Christmas hacking. I like that. I'm going to see if I can find that on Facebook real quick. Yeah, if you can get like an animated uh, snowman face to sing a song while you're doing that, then you're right. definitely get, getting in that territory. <laughs> I'll tell you, my uh, haunt hackers, they're, get, they're creeping in on the Christmas stuff. You should see all the uh, uh, skinny skeleton santa clauses that are out there oh yeah talking to the kids <laughs> that's after okay. mrs claus told them to go on a diet right yeah right okay i have it's found too far right i've found your video on facebook do you mind if i share it rick oh that's fine all right let me just uh i gotta manage windows right now i'm having a hard time managing windows okay so here it is let me switch back over to full screen all right and let's make this big there it is Ta-da! Looks good. Whoops. Is that a is that a previous? Uh, this is what I hate about Facebook. I don't understand Facebook. All right, let's try it again. Yeah, it's helping. It's a short video. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Please. So right now we're looking at snowflakes falling. So that the top window is that where you are now, or or no? Uh, well, I'm a different part of the house. Now. Okay, you're in the basement. I'm back in my in my in my man cave right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, it looks very cool. And um, I remember you showing that as part of your keynote presentation, too, where you're showing all the different, you had all your different times of year. When you go from Christmas to you got Valentine's, you got St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. And so it's like, uh, you know, you just can't have enough animated lights outside your house, if you ask me. Right. I got so. 1,400 <laughs> right now. 400 last year. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, thanks. So I, I want my uh, cocoa pie right there, and then I can just mount. You know, I can build a program and put it over on the the actual color computer three, which is really nice. Right, right I now, I see a power strip. A yeah, all I see right now is a power strip. I'm gonna maybe switch your camera around. Hey, John Strong has joined us. It's been a while since we've had you here, John Strong. Welcome, Coco Man has just joined us. Hey, Coco Man. Hey, hey. All right. John Strong, welcome back to the program. Hi. It's a pleasure to have you. 
Uh, oh, we got to welcome the Coco Talk from Ron's Garage. We have Ron's Garage throwing up some. Uh, everybody here is now competing for screen time. So <laughs> <laughs> look at me, look at me. So <laughs> very nice, Ron. Looks good. I dropped that's out it. so you can keep up. No, that's okay. Uh, looks good. Welcome back, uh, John Strong. And real quick, though, too, since we have a, a brand new uh, person to the panel as well, Coco Man, why don't you give us a real quick introduction of your backstory and your, and your front story, where you started from and how you got back into the hobby now. And welcome to the program, Coco Man. Oh, thanks, Steve. Um, I didn't know there was going to be a test, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got my first cocoa back, uh, I think it was about, night, about Christmas of 84. It was a 16K Coco 2. And uh, had that, actually still have that, and uh, working on getting it running again. And uh, uh, last cocoa event I was at was PenFest 2000, so that's that's been a while. And uh, other than that, uh, just... Uh, Mm, what am I thinking here? I, I, I got my pop star pilot, okay? <laughs> and, my, <laughs> and a forest of doom. Just, All just, right. Got, got those. But, uh, shameful I plugs. Ran, yes, very shameful plugs. I, I got into your, uh, I found your videos. Uh, I think it was the uh, Donkey Kong clone, the, the king. Okay. When I was playing with some Atari stuff, and uh, that's what led me to digging the Cocos out of storage and... Uh, I got three that work. I have several that don't. I, that's that's my project right now. Very cool. And so you're playing on real cocos right now, not emulators or anything else. Absolutely. I, I'm I'm more for uh, real hardware. Although uh, I ha I do have VCC. I've played with that a little bit. Just it's so easy to get set up. But uh, I'm I, I like the hardware. Where do you live? I live. Uh, I live west of Pittsburgh in a small town in Ohio, best uh, described. Yeah, yeah. We were talking last night, I think it was, or yesterday. And you were saying, man, if I only knew about Tandy Assembly a week before I could have been there, that kind of sucks finding out about something in your backyard uh, after it's already over. <laughs> I, a week too late. I, I just, yeah. oh. Well, there's always next year. Absolutely. And there's Coco Fest this year. If I can make the trip to Chicago, I may do it. I'm. Uh, yeah. It's about eight hours to Chicago, and uh, it it could happen. I, I'm crossing my fingers. You're a lot closer than a lot of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. See your setup there. Absolutely. Uh well, I'm not. I, I'm actually not near my setup. Although oh. I can, I'm. I'm sorting some things out. I have a. I have a. RS-232 pack sitting here, and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like one. I, uh, I got a high-res high joystick interface. Nice. Now you're just bragging. <laughs> and I got the... I, I found the one here I modded for, I think, what was that? Coco Max 3 that has... It got the two switches. Nice. Nice. Uh, I, I, I have... I, I'm, st I'm still sorting, and I'm still catching up to what's actually going on these days. Hey, it's never... Uh, now, it sounds like somebody's washing machine is <laughs> acting up over there. <laughs> uh, we just lost you, Coco Man. You're muted. That's me. That's the spin cycle. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, welcome welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on. It's good to actually see you and hear you now because we don't always get a chance to talk even when we're on Discord. So 
great to have you here. Uh, a couple of new faces and voices to the panel. And not necessarily a new face, but a face that we haven't seen in a while and a voice we haven't heard in a while, Mr. John Strong of Strongware. How are you, sir? Uh, hanging in there. Well, we yeah, are delighted busy. to have you back on the program. Ooh, what do you got there? Well, this is a prototype for the case for the, uh, the Nano Cocoa with the analog board. Ah, nice. This is the Roger Taylor Cocoa on a chip? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So this is, is the DE0 or the DE10 version? Uh, the zero. Okay. Yeah, and so I, I tend to think of it sometimes as a Cocoa RT <laughs> just to keep track of them in my mind. Okay. A lot so. of stuff crammed in that little case there. Oh, yeah. It's like a double-decker, triple-decker circuit board extravaganza yeah there's at least three three okay uh, three and a couple add-on boards on top of that so four layers in there now wow neat and then it just comes together in a little case yeah okay i've got to make some changes based on the fact that the uh the analog board is bringing the the power out to the side and such so and that's neat. Just got this Monday, and so I've made a little bit of progress. Okay. So yet another 3D printed case from Strongware. It seems like <laughs> whenever there's a new community project, John Strong's the man to wrap it in plastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I've done a little bit of Coco uh, graphics work, uh, working on some of the, uh, the character sprites for Handy Andy. Very cool. So, so, getting some of those done, but uh, uh, behind here like crazy. <laughs> right, 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 right. You planning on being at uh, uh, Cocoa Fest this year? Oh, yes. My wife has been reminding me it's four months to Cocoa Fest. You don't have your <laughs> ready yet. That it's doesn't... four months to Cocoa Fest. <laughs> How many other people have their wives nagging them about Cocoa Fest right now? That's actually pretty unique, I would have to say. <laughs> Unless they're trying to get rid of you for a weekend. That's, uh... <laughs> well, Go, comes, get out of here for a weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All mine does is tell me how much we can't afford it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine just tells me you got to book that flight. <laughs> ah, there you go. It's great. Very great. Well, it's good to have you back on. So um, you, you were kind of playing catch up, but earlier in the show we were asking people for project updates, and we just we just saw some of them from you and um the the lead story that we're going to get to here in just a minute today is going to be what is your coco wish list that's going to be our our main thing um and ron ron has a segment from ron garage um david did you want to talk about anything this week for a tech talk um the only thing that was uh brought up was the uh memes virtual uh the jvc disk image format had a slight bug in it so that's been fixed okay already and right. uh, so that so. We, we could probably mention that as a very brief tech talk so yeah how about how about we do that we'll do um we'll do a, we'll do a quick commercial break we'll come back for a brief tech talk followed by ron's garage and then we'll get into the main segment of the show that sounds good to me so hold on we'll be right back in two and two Hello, my name is Grant Leedy, and thank you for watching 
The Coco Talk, with your host, Stevie Stroh. You got your Coco 3 yet? Where can you catch all the latest news and information about the daily color computer and compatibles? Oh yeah. I'm talking about the Coco Crew Podcast. Dig it each month. Join John, Neil, and Mike as they lay down the latest news and information about the Radio Shack Tandy Color Computer and Compatibles. Move to interviews, tech segments, and discussions all about the Radio Shack Tandy Color Computer. Strut your fine self over to www.cococrew.org and start listening today. Coco Crew Podcast. Keeping it Coco Dig. I tell you what, you got to love that Myro and the uh, the masterpieces that he creates. And um, speaking of Coco Crew Podcast, I did finally get a chance to finish listening to the entire episode 30. And I know last week we were talking about the Infocom segment that I had not listened to yet. After listening to it, I had to say, yeah, it's a great segment. It was a great interview listening to that guy, Mr. Moriarty. I always think of Sherlock Holmes as soon as I hear that name. <laughs> but um, it, I, the thing that I, the, the biggest takeaway was, and I know there were some really cool stories. And once again, like Curtis says, no teaser. So if you haven't heard it, we'll let you hear the stories um, for yourself. But the greatest takeaway, the two takeaways for me was, number one, hearing this guy tell us how enamored he was with the 6809 back then, you know, and um, uh, of course, I'm sure he wasn't really aware of the extent of our community and how, you know, a lot of people are fairly knowledgeable on the hardware at this point. But him like this explaining to it with such enthusiasm, man, this chip was so amazing after working on the 6502 and working on this thing. It was it was like a 6800 with with eight bit registers. And there's, you know, <laughs> just all this, all this stuff. And in the fact that he's even saying that he was using a cross compiler back then. I don't know how often that was. Um, for some of the smaller Coco developers, but you know, it seems like that's what most people are doing now today, using a cross compi- uh, compiler on a, on a modern PC. So, I thought that was kind of interesting too. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an interesting story. The other cool thing too was hearing that how the Atari 800 could have possibly almost been released with a 6809 processor as well. And what a formidable machine that would have been. That could have been almost a literal arcade machine having that hardware because a lot of arcade machines ran on 6809. Um, Uh, Steve, if that happened, you would never see me programming for the Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would have been the Coco at that point. It had a sound chip, a sprite chip. It would have been perfect. Yeah, so I thought I thought that was kind of cool. All right, so we are going to do a very very brief tech talk with uh, David Ladd. But before we do that, you know, professional show here, we got to do the proper um, lead in here. So hold on one second while my uh, my engineer in the booth here switches scenes. It's time for tech talk with David Ladd and Curtis Doyle. Take it away, tech dudes. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that, that, that piece needs a little punching up at this point. It, it's not quite as snazzy as some of the rest of our little clips, but not bad. <laughs> that was produced on one of my rare sober days. So, <laughs> David Ladd, our, one of our resident tech gurus here, um, uh, explain to, for, for us, us who speak plain English, explain to us this whole thing with the MAME and the floppy thing and what the problem was and what the fix was. Um, well, the problem was is that MAME, when you'd mount the Xenix disk image, MAME would literally crash. It would just, boom, it was gone. And Xenix here, we should mention, is the game by Jeremy Spiller, not the operating system. Yeah. a clone of Unix. And uh, so basically, um, I was looking at uh, some of ron klein's posts that was on the mame devs website and um they went back and forth and found out that there was a bug in the jvc floppy disk emulation stuff and one of the devs found the issue and fixed it and now the disk image loads correctly yeah okay so, so but what specifically was wrong don't know because okay. i just found out okay. like this morning so <laughs> okay very now cool. is that is that fixed version been released yet or is that still up no no <laughs> that the only place that you'll find it is in currently in either the development sources on the mames repo where you could build it yourself or you know um hopefully ron klein will pull my copy of the repo with my changes too <laughs> so uh, so if you're running cool. raw MAME, you should wait a little bit until the new version comes out with the fix. Right, and that's monthly, yeah. right? It comes out, it comes out like every month. There's an update. Yep, and either something's broke or fixed. Right, and so what's <laughs> the, what's what's the current version right now? Before this fix, is it on zero one nine one or or somewhere in that area? Uh, was it one nine two? Okay, so we're on one ninety two right now. So I so one ninety three will be the release that fixes that. I'm I'm going to their website. I was pretty sure it was okay. 192 is the current one. Yeah, November 29th, 2017. Okay. So, 0.192. Okay, so that so is that the one that was released November 29th? Is that one already patched? No. That's not patched. Okay, so nope, it'll be the, the it'll be the one at the end of December, which will be 193. Yes. Okay, so next month's MAME will fix that bug and probably introduce a new one. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like an exchange program. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we've had this discussion on on emulation uh, quite a bit. Um, if all you need is to run Cocoa one and two stuff, your probably best bet is XROR. That's that's pretty rock solid. Um, MAME is a multi-splendored beast that handles many things. Uh, good news is it handles many things. There's many people working on it. The bad news is. A lot of hands in the cookie jar, and sometimes cookies crumble as part of the process. But you can uh, you can report the crumbled cookies, and they will try to put them back together again uh, in a future release. So it's kind of a big cat cat and mouse, but I think I think things work out in the wash towards the end there. Um, very very cool stuff. Well, thank you, David Ladd, for for bringing us the uh, you know the world of technology news and information because the world needs to know this kind of stuff. Um, good stuff, good stuff. Mr. Ron Delvaux, are you ready to share yes. with us some stuff 
Okay, I also want to say hi to who's in the live chat right now, too. Six, oh, Sixie just joined us. Um, Tom C. was out there. Tim Franklin just came in, too. Tim Franklin, how, hello to you. Um, oh, okay, and, and Sixie says that the latest MAME gets Dragon emulation back to a more lifelike speed. So apparently, um, maybe there was something dragging in, in the Dragon emulation on MAME, which I haven't, haven't really used. I don't do a lot of Dragon emulation, and if I did, I would just go straight to XROAR. You know, I want to keep it, keep it Brit, you know, keep it all legit there. Uh, okay, so we're going to introduce Ron's Garage here with a fully produced and polished uh, little intro graphic here. So hold on just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Ron's Garage with a peek into the past featuring the vintage retro computing collection of Ron Delvo. Take it away, Ronnie boy. Uh, All hello. right. Hello, Ron Delvo, and how are you, sir? Very good, and I'd like to start off again uh, for Steve Bjork, uh, a little <laughs> surprise package I found. Hey! Zach's on cassette. You got a receipt in there too. Is that the receipt? No, it's a. Um, yeah, no, it's just a uh, something stuffed in there. Okay. So it's 32k required on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, the label is coming off, and the package has turned yellow terribly. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is the Radio Shack release, not the original DataSoft release, correct? Correct. Yeah, okay. the DataSoft ones, they uh, came in a box, and Tandy wanted a blister pack so that people couldn't uh, steal the cassette out of the box. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so I don't know how often I can keep it up and have something in tribute to uh, Steve, but it's just the <laughs> best to today. Hey, he's got a pretty, uh, he's got a pretty impressive catalog of... of now, this uh, I ran across, it's not Coco, all right, but it's... Uh, it's uh, it's a what? thousand. What is that? Is that an eight-inch floppy or is that an, a vinyl no. LP? It's a um, it's a Tandy two thousand software package, Infocom Mystery Series. It has a uh, it's a um, oh, here read this. Okay, what size floppy is it though? Is it an eight-inch floppy or is it a five and a quarter? It's five and a quarter. Okay. It's just a, a, an info package that makes it look like um, like, a, like yeah a file about uh, okay because it's a mystery based game. Okay, you're getting like a yeah. file, like a yeah. case file. Yeah, that's and neat. Like an 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 old pulp magazine came with it too, or something, huh? Yeah, I've never seen this before, but um, there's a uh, a news oh. article, and it's all well done. Um, here's the floppy. Okay, that's yeah, a Infocom lot of... was famous for that, and actually Witness was available for the Coco, too. Was it? Yeah. Okay, this is pretty exciting. Yeah, now that's a lot of bonus content, content there. Wow, this might, might be fun to... I'd have to put up my machine and, and uh, go through it and try to figure out how to make it work. There's a lot of interesting graphics. Looks like they poured a lot of money into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty well all the Infocom games, get, like Sea Stalker had this little, you know, special... I think it was red plastic to see hidden text if you held the lens over top parts of the paper. And Infocom did really good at doing all the extras for their text adventure games. I found I found a couple of these OS9 things. Sub, Sub battle. battle. Wow. 
Sub Battle. I got a couple of those. I got uh, Rogue. Is Rogue OS9? Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's the one that Curtis is patching right now. Yep. And what about... Thaxter, yeah. Well, that one was a cartridge. <laughs> that was a cartridge, but it's been ported to OS9. You see the price on there? Two ninety nine. Yeah. That was a that was a deal. It was a red tag sale. Okay. <laughs> I think I got one of those commercials queued up. <laughs> Rescue and Fractalus. Yeah. I'm patching. <laughs> Another one that Curtis is optimizing right now. Yeah. And then um, pit stop two. Neat, neat game. You got that's on that's on one of my DVDs. I I played that one. It's not released to the public, but on my Cocoa Fest 26 DVD, I'm playing that one. You hear me swearing, trying to figure out how to work the gas pump. Uh, microscopic mission, very cool. Yes. Yes. Which is based on that movie you and Steve were talking about earlier. Yeah, the uh, the uh, was a fantastic. Fantastic voyage. Yeah. And of course, the Dallas Quest. Do 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 do. The only thing I remember about that game is the title screen and the multi-voice music. I don't remember playing it. I just remember being wowed by the uh, opening screen on it. A little tidbit about that particular game. When we got the rights to it at Datasoft, uh -huh. uh, we could use any aspect of Dallas we wanted except for who shot JR, which okay. was the hot thing going on at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the license for that would have been tripled. Hmm. Wow. Nice King's Quest packaging there. It's King's yeah. Quest, yeah. Uh, three. was that two or three? King's Quest three. three. That was the only you... one officially released through Radio Shack. Okay. Uh, you got to point it towards the camera. Sorry, I'm with it. Okay, the Learning Company. Which program is that? Robot Odyssey. Robot Odyssey. Okay, very cool. <laughs> anyway, um. I do. It does the sound. It's uh, the electronic book. Anybody familiar with it? How does it work? Oh wow! Look at that. You plugged it into a cocoa, and it became an input device. Yeah, I believe it's a. Um, it's a uh, five pin in. Okay, probably gonna yeah, plug it's a into joystick a joystick connector. Joystick port. Yeah. And so, what do you do exactly? It actually worked in conjunction with the cassette. You would play it, and then it would ask questions or things like that, and you would then select, and then it would continue on, something like so that. So it's an input? Yes. You just hear push? Yeah, yeah you okay. push on one of the buttons there. It smells like vinyl. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Six, he says he thinks the dark pit can use the electronic book. Yeah, Tom, the dark pit is. Tom C. is asking just how big is Ron's garage? <laughs> Considering he's not out in the garage today. Right. No, it's kind of like the TARDIS. I wanted better uh, internet today. I got this for a dollar, and this has um, probably not even useful. Oh, my goodness. Video tech sub. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. This has a version 1.2 and version 1.1. Wow. Uh, Two for... Why Two for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and that's cool. It's a shame they wrote on the uh, binder itself. That's pretty crappy. Did you ever notice uh, a couple of Radio Shack's ad ads with uh, this picture? Yeah, the, yeah. The sunburst. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This here is um, has a software in it. It's called uh, Person Personafile. 
Persona file, then we got uh, colored disc Ed Tasm. Ah, well, you know that yeah. picture is either a sunrise or sunset. Uh huh. And of course, since Radio Shack has sunsetted, <laughs> we now know <laughs> they were trying to predict their future. Yeah. Right. Uh, it kind of looks like uh, looking through the um, HAL six thousand. Ah, looking through the, yeah. looking through the lens of HAL, right? Yeah. So this here is um, disc Edtasm. Edtasm. Yeah. yeah. Robert Kilgis, if I remember. Cash budget management, which is uh, interesting. Cash budget management is that? That's an enhanced version of personal finance. Shape maker. Shape you know maker. For? No, it looks probably educational though, right? Yeah, this is a. Uh, this works with the electronic book. Oh, okay. So it's probably an overlay that went inside that thing. Like a, a template that would go over the page, maybe. Maybe. This is the sheet that's in it. Okay. And it has a cassette. Neat, neat. So some reusable um, things for that. So it's educational sheet maker. Probably something you can draw with. Yeah, neat. Color disc spectacular. 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 And what was that, like a spreadsheet? Yeah. Yeah. Pre OS 9, right? That was like a. um, it might, well, the disc version might have came out at the same time as OS 9 Level 1. There was a cartridge version earlier, too. Color profile. Same, uh, yeah, color. those binders. Those are nice. Those are nice things to have on the shelf to look at. Lots of documentation in there. Yeah, you don't get that stuff anymore. <laughs> disc graphics. Disc graphics. Okay, so probably some type of art program that at least you didn't Maybe. have to save to cassette, like the old art uh, color. What was that? What was that color cartridge we drew with? Color art gallery art, or art gallery? Yeah, that one saved to From tape. Right? Micro Illustrator, which is Steve's, if I remember. It actually, is called Micro Painter. Micro Painter. Yeah. Disc graphics. Okay, that's cool. You didn't have anything to do with that one, did you, Steve? Uh, which one? The one he was just showing disc graphics. Uh, the one I had had to do with, um, it was called Artist and was a vector-based drawing program. Okay. Disc graphics, pretty cool. All right, so I got all that, and then, um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about real quick was my, uh, which is, uh, in there. I like the little LED lights you have going on there. Yeah, I have um, this uh, deluxe mouse plugged okay. into it, and it works rather well. Let's see if I can show you uh, how it Yeah, works. look at that. That looks very, yeah, the camera looks really good on this right now. Mm. Welcome to Coco Talk. What a shame those fonts are that big, man. The font takes up the whole freaking screen. Yeah. Oh, you had the font. The font had to work on a TV, you know? Yes, yeah. you had to be able to read it on a TVRF. This is uh, written by Tim Jennison, who later on went to found New Tech and made the video toaster and the TriCaster and a bunch of other wow. stuff. Wow. That looks cool. Now, did you draw that yourself, Ron? Yeah, I drew this. That's pretty damn good, man. You got some talent, son. You might have a future in this art thing. And then with, um, I drew, uh, 
Yeah, yeah you put some of these on your uh, Ron's Garage page, huh? Now, which version of which version of Coco Max is this? The one with the one with the really bad the one with the really bad loading screen. Okay. That's Ron Garage for you for today. Just a bunch of little stuff I found in my garage. Thank you. I would. I wish I could walk out to my garage and just trip over stuff like that. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of Model 1 stuff that I just found, yeah. which is uh, pretty interesting. A lot of books, a lot of uh, third-party um, software pamphlet things that are cool to show, but I don't yeah. know who to because this is for Coco, not Model right. 1. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm Save looking that for Tandy Assembly. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to Ron's garage sale one day. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it may happen. <laughs> very cool. Very very cool. Okay. All right. Very cool. We're going to take another break. Um, do we have any more segments to cover? Have we covered most of our segments? Well, we got we have news to talk about. But why don't we get into the main topic of the show today? Our our cocoa wish list. Because we're how long are we going on the show right now? We are going on almost an hour, right? So we do want to try to keep this thing moving. Stay on target. So we'll take a commercial. We'll get into the main topic, and then uh, we'll move on from there. So we'll be right back, folks. Hi, this is Mark Overholzer, and you're listening to Coco Talk, the nation's leading weekly live talk show about the Tandy Color Computer. At GSoft, we make games for the TRS-80 Color Computer, TRS-80 MC-10, and Dragon Computers. Our basic games cover the range of genres from arcade, to text adventures, to simulations, to 3D dungeon crawls. This is our latest puzzle game from Japan, Fruit Panic. So come on and drop by our website and download our latest games. Hey, this is Bruce Moore, author of Force of Doom, and you're watching the original gamer Stevie Stroke. Many have tried, few have succeeded. Can you defeat the Forest of Doom? Send your proof of victory before December 16 to fod at gracenote.ca for your chance to win the Chalice of Bravery. Ooh, what do you think about that? The Chalice of Bravery. And, and that just reminded me of something I forgot to mention. You guys all still there? Yes. Okay. So if, yep. you go to, if you go to our website at cocotalk.live, which is where you can hear uh, the podcast version of the show, where you can see replays of the show, one of the things I just added to the show is going to be a calendar. Uh, or it is not going to be calendar. It is a calendar. So I've added a calendar. So if you go to CocoTalk.live and you click on calendar, what I hope to do, once we have our show times narrowed down, we'll have them posted here. So like for today, today is um, uh, what's December 2nd. We've got today's show time at 2 p.m. We're not exactly sure what time next week's going to go on. It'll probably be the same time. But what we are going to try to change the time every now and then like we might do some on a friday night we might do some earlier on a saturday um, just to accommodate varying people's schedules so when those times are changed and we know the times in advance 
we'll post them here. So the one that we do know for right now is going to be the one on December the 16th. And so what's going to happen then, if you guys recall, uh, there was a winner for the first person to solve Forest of Doom, and that happened to be Paul Fiscarelli. But he also, not that he didn't earn his victory, but he also had the uh, certain advantage of getting his book uh, before anybody else. And so Bruce decided to have a second contest for anybody else. So you've got time. You've got a couple of weeks to try to win the game. And then th this is going to be on December 16th at 12 p.m. So that show is going to be two hours earlier than the usual time. Uh, and so now you've just kind of been given some advance notice. So if you're staying on top of the show and you want to know when things are going to change, uh, you can just go to Coco Talk. Dot live and check out the calendar and we'll try to oh there we go so hold on coco man's holding up his forest of doom book he's got his book very very cool nice to see it's a very well produced book by all means um and i'll just show something off real quick too now um uh, coco man did you happen to get uh, uh timber man has anybody gotten timber man yet from paul thayer I have not. Okay, so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to do my own unwrapping of Timberman because I've got mine too, and I have not opened it up yet. You got? Did you get it, uh, Mark Overholzer? No, did you get I haven't Timberman? got Timberman yet. Not uh, yet. I thought one of us in the group did. I don't remember who. So I'm going to go ahead and um, open that up, and I'll show you guys the packaging here. Uh, I don't know how well you can see it. Can everybody see this right now? Yep. Mm. Okay, oh, yeah. so, so it's in kind of... Um, a very uh, well-engineered uh, Ziploc bag, uh, which is kind of cool if you think about it. Old Cocoa games came in pretty much a baggie. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't just your weed that came in the baggies. You got your games in that too. Um, there is an actual like sealed sticker on the bag that's got a picture of the Timberman on it, or it's a guy holding a guitar. I'm, I'm a, I don't want to break this seal. I feel terrible. How am I going to open this without... Okay, I just did it that way. Sealed for your protection. Yeah, sealed for freshness, too. So, hold on. Oh, my God. It's still got that new game smell. So, <laughs> so this is kind of cool because um, this is something that's been kind of new going around Facebook. But um, you're going to see now... This is a possible method of distributing software, but this is now distributed on an SD card. And so the SD card has got a very cool label on it. I'll take the card out just so you can see the entire card. And it's a full-size SD. It's not the micro SD adapter or anything. And it's got the picture that says Timberman. It's got a picture of the... Oh, is that Ron Delvaux here that we're looking at? So, Ron, did you... Are you the stunt double for Timberman? <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So this, <laughs> so this is the um, this is the uh, distribution medium, and the cool thing that Tim did, we were going to try to get him interviewed this week, but his schedule and my schedule were not able to align. So we will have a live interview with Tim, hopefully in the near future. But we've also got the packaging, and it's on glossy paper. Um, and so he even says here that the original smartphone app is by Digital Medley. So he has really cloned a smartphone game, cloned it to the point where he didn't even change the name. Um, but you have a, um, a color booklet. Uh, you've got some intro graphic screens. It's glossy. It's very nice. You've got pictures of everything. Um, very well produced. And there's a front and there's, and there's a back. Saving and loading and notes from the dev. Thank you for supporting new software development for the Tandy Color Computer. And thank you for your monetary donation to the Coco Brothers software. Uh, and it looks like you've even got a little bit of an, of an autograph there, too. So, yeah, I've got a nice little 
Paul Thayer autograph on there. So yeah, it's a cool package. Um, when he distributed this, he had a couple of different options. This was kind of like the deluxe way to get it, to get the printed manual and get the physical media. You could have gotten a free digital download um, for absolutely free. And then you could have gotten, I think for $5, a digital download and an electronic copy of the manual. So um, he gave you know different options to obtain the product which was kind of cool, you know what I mean? And so I, I played an, a slightly earlier version of the game. I haven't played the final version of the game, but it's a fun game. Um, I'm having lots of Coco issues trying to connect my Coco to my computer to be able to see it and record it. So I'm way behind on Coco content production. Um, but in the near future, hopefully that will change. Um, but yeah, so we might as well share that off too. Very, very cool stuff. So as we lead into our main topic right now, um, Coco wish list. The the topic is you know what do we wish we had for the color computer as either hardware or software, and this could be something that maybe used to exist but hasn't been produced in a while. So it could be, you know, bring something back, or it could be something like well what doesn't exist, and if we're just wishing here, what's what do we wish we had for the Coco that would make our lives easier? And the one rule is don't ask for a web browser, right? Was that the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask for a Cocoa web browser. But other than that, the, the panel is open. The floor is open. What do you guys wish you had for your real Cocoa right now to make your life easier or make Cocoa experience better? I need to suggest something hardware-based without annoying Jim Brain or Ed Snyder. <laughs> we asked nicely. So I, I missed the first part of it. What was that, Brian? I was just saying, how do we ask, how do we ask for new hardware or... or or suggest new hardware without annoying Jim Brain or Ed Snyder. Well, right now we're just wishing for it. So if you had uh, a wish, what would you wish for? Uh, With any luck, I'd, they'll be listening. <laughs> and it might um, be available already, at next Cocoa Fest. Network card. Okay, network card. Would that be Ethernet hardwired, wireless, combination of the two? One, the other, both. Okay. <laughs> Sixie says a gopher browser. <laughs> I, I tell you one thing I wish for I wish that the damn static would go away from this live broadcast right now so <laughs> uh, yeah it's coming from Ron uh, it's it's the FBI wiretap the NSA is not wanting this information to get out that seems to be um, uh, hardware wishing on one hand you know the old saying wish on one hand and um, the, here's what I think some of the challenges and, and we have um, John Strong here who not only makes hardware but also makes plastic cases for hardware maybe you can chime in on that too but it's one thing to wish for something and and then sometimes these wishes come true and I think one of the challenges we have is we have two or three different hardware solutions right now for the color computer and none of them are being supported just yet because somebody's got to write software for the hardware so you know that's you, you got to be careful what you wish for because now that it's here what are you going to do with it you know so you got to think about that kind of stuff too yep since you mentioned my name i'll i'll speak up <laughs> uh yes you got to have time to support the hardware yeah uh i am planning to support as much hardware as i can uh, I do have uh, uh, both of the Phil Programmer Gatorade systems. Uh, I don't have the analog board for the Becker system, but I do have one on order from 
and Zipster in this next batch. And that was kind of the reason I haven't played with that, because I generally play with things with games. You know, not in the league of, as Mr. Bjork is, but hey, I play. Uh, you know, at least I got a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make a game as good as one of his. But uh, you, uh, it takes time. They have to be stable enough system to start doing your code for. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've been changing. You actually have to have your hands on the hardware, and then you have to have time to do it, you know. Uh, Curtis and I was talking uh, off-camera the other day after one of the meetings. He mentioned what he, we term RLS, Will Life Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> and it does, yeah. it does get in the way on, on producing things that you want to do. And uh, uh, yeah. so... Uh, I am definitely behind in my schedules, the stuff I wanted to have done for Coco Fest, and part of real life. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, getting back in the groove to work on some stuff, uh, actually working on the uh, case for the uh, Roger Taylor system right now as we were talking to make some of the mods so I can make that case look a little nicer and fit better. But it, it all takes time, and, you know, it takes support from the people out there if you do something that sells. And, and, and I do thank the people who support my case projects. Uh, and it does help the Cocoa community because it allows me to do some R&D. Right, right. And play around and do some stuff, you know. Sure. Whenever possible, the funding goes back into the Cocoa or my computer system around there would right. develop stuff for. So. Exactly. Um, yeah, whoosh list. Yeah, I think Steve York already created it years ago. I'd like to see his, his cross-development tools and stuff he had. That would be really fun. But I don't know if they exist anymore now. Uh, throw that court back into in the ball back to Steve's court. <laughs> and uh, my comments. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thank you, John. Uh, as far as any cross-development systems that I used to use, we're going back more than 20 years. And effectively, there are better systems that have come out since then. And more importantly, what was created back then probably wouldn't run on a modern computer, you know, modern PC. So I have to admit, I've been thinking about, mind you, it's just thinking, uh, what would be to de to develop a modern cross-development system for the Color Computer 3. And just give me some more time to think about it. Hmm. That'd be cool. Well, we do have we do have something in a sense that, um, you know, Rick Adams has been working on using the, um, the Cocoa Pie to develop um, using, the, well, I'm not sure what exactly, is that the LWSM? That's the William Assel? Lost Wizard Assembler that runs across yes. compiler. Yeah. So from a basically from a from a Linux command prompt, you're you're editing and assembling your code, and then connecting that to a real Cocoa three with DriveWire and running it on the machine. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at, at more of a complete package, which would also work with graphics and sound. Nah. Too. Okay. So hold a hold a whole toolkit with tile editors, sprite editors, things. Basically, like that. an an IDE. 
Yeah, okay. Integrated development environment. Yeah. And John Strong's got some of his tools that do that, um, that he showed us. Uh, and so then that question becomes, if these things exist, are they going to become, is it a proprietary thing that one person has? Would it be a commercial product you could purchase? Would it be a community gift? Because um, uh, a lot of energy would have to go into developing the, the tool, I would imagine, too. Yeah. Uh, right now, there's no market to try and sell it. So mm. it would have to be open sourced. Uh, maybe there could be some support from the community uh, via Patreon or one of the other services and like that. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to charge for it. Right. Yeah. You could sell manuals like we've been doing with games lately. So. <laughs> yeah. The book. And the advantage with Steve doing it, he has such so experience in the internal workings of the games that his tool will be designed a little bit more for that. That's my problem is, you know, I come up with something and I, I build it and build it works for me, but maybe not the best solution mm -hmm. out there. And it's very specific for the way I do things. And uh, there's a lot of things in the game development that I haven't played with. So, you know, my tool doesn't support those options. Uh, Steve's experience would be invaluable in developing a tool like that. Yeah, the, the tools that I had available to me when I was developing stuff for the color computer and so I could do it as object-oriented coding allowed me to do things like Rampage in like 32 or 35 days or something like that. Wow. So um, makes for very quick development. That's cool. So development tools for those who develop, that would be a wish list item. For those of us who don't write software, what do we wish we had as far as a must-have hardware um, item or what, what piece of software do you wish existed right now, be it a game or a utility or something else? For me, there's a couple things. I mean, uh, Jim Brain's CocoMem, which you know does the 8 meg of RAM, and hopefully we'll have an FPGA on it as well. I mean, the support for the 2 meg of RAM in Nitrous 9 is already built in, so there's some software support already ready for it. Uh, even the 8 meg stuff uh, based on the original Nocan 3 by Paul Barton. Um, and then both the Gimme X and the CocoMem have the ability, depending on how you program the FPGA, to add some accelerators for graphics, uh, accelerators for sound, etc. So eventually, if you know if some of the uh, background software to support the board comes, or either of those boards comes out, I think you could do some pretty wicked stuff with that. So that's something I'm looking forward to, and I, I've you know kind of committed to helping with you know some of the software development on some of that as well. So that's, that's what I'm wishing for. Doesn't the Gimme X have like VGA output also? Yes. Yeah. If if the two could work in conjunction with each other, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Just take the Gimme X and plug it right into the Coco Mem and. Plug mm -hmm. the Coco Mem into the Gimme Socket, you can get you know the best of both worlds. I don't know if that will fit in the case, though. Uh, who needs a case? Right. <laughs> Better ventilation, right? Yeah. Hey. And Rick Adams is used to spraying Freon on a bare board anyway, doing development. So. <laughs> Curtis. <laughs> Curtis. I pulled up. Could, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, as far as the, uh, um, the multiple stacking and having it pop up, it could be like one of those... Uh, drag race cars where they cut the hole out in the hood just to have the, have the air intake. It's a hot rod cocoa. It's a hot rodded cocoa. There, I like that. That's good. Yeah, one of the pictures I dug up for the interview that Steve wants to do me uh, do with me is um, an old development system from the late 80s. And I think it was about the time I was doing Arkanoid. And it was 
a color computer that had its keyboard down below, but all the the actual color computer was sitting up on a top shelf with the lid off so it would cool quicker. And then the multi-pack plugged into it and all that kind of stuff. So I had the computer up and out of the way while I had a case of a Coco with its keyboard, and I'd be typing in on that. Wow. <laughs> I remember that photo. Yeah. Okay, so Fedor Stamen, um, our, our Cocoa Nut in Denmark, one of the two. <laughs> I wish uh, a piece of software and or hardware to enable the creation of network games uh, mediated by a dedicated server running on a modern PC. So basically multiplayer yes. network games. Um, yeah, that would be cool. So Coco's well, around the world. He just covered my list. Yeah, right? <laughs> Coco's around the world uh, as clients served by a server running on a modern PC. Great idea. That's kind of what Bruce, oh, not Bruce, uh, who Brett what did with his one uh, gaming uh, demonstration. Brett, Brett Gordon. Brett Gordon, yeah. glo Global Thermal, global nuclear, thermal war. nuclear War. Using yeah. IRC chat on a modern PC yeah. as your go-between. Great suggestion there, Fedor. Um, I, what I personally am wishing for right now is I wish there was a simple way for me to connect my Coco to my computer so I could record from it. Um, you know, I had the S-Video adapter that died, and I do need to reach out to Ed Snyder. I did get the SCART to uh, RGB to SCART cable, which I'm sure is there's nothing wrong with it. But now my SCART to HDMI adapter, and I believe this is not uncommon, um, the output, uh, the intensities of the color are so hot that you don't see the gradients in your colors. Um, so something like Popstar Pilot, you just see a solid blue background. You don't see the red shades of red scrolling through the titles and stuff. So I experienced what David Ladd has experienced, what we saw in one of Bruce Moore's photographs too. So um, I've actually ordered a different box, and I'm going to take David Ladd's idea. When you order from Amazon, if something doesn't work, just send it back. So I'm going to send my other box. I'm going to play musical chairs until I find a box that works. But apparently there's 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 nothing less than a half a dozen different adapter boxes available for it. So I'm ordering a different box from a different uh, manufacturer, and, and hopefully it will be um, different the components. One. Yeah, because the one thing I didn't like about this box too is where the H, not, I keep saying HDMI, but where the SCART input was on it, it was a really crappy location because let me just make my camera big here real quick. But basically, and I'm not sure how well this is showing up with the lighting, um, but the SCART input is right next to the power input and the cable's almost eating where the power goes. And it, I mean, it still fits and it works, but for me, that's just... I'm such a picky pet PV type of person that I would not have designed it that way had I knew how to design it. Um, so the, the other one that I have where the power feed is on the other side where the output is. So the, uh, the HDMI out and the power feed are on the back of it and the SCART inputs in the front of it. And it just seems like the flow of connectivity seems a little better. But what really counts is what's inside. And so hopefully the, the processor and the output circuitry will be more conducive to these uh, analog um, shades of RGB, you know. Uh, speaking of uh, outputting a uh, Coco to a monitor um, on the uh, Show Us Your Tandy Color Computer on Facebook, uh, Jolo posted a picture of his uh, color computer um, playing uh, Super Pitfall on his car's display. Hold on one second. Let me see. 
show us your Tandy color computer. I'm going to pull that up where everybody else can see it. Um, you guys can see Unusual. Yeah, I would have to say that. Okay, so let me switch that over where everybody else can see it. All right, so this is a Facebook group called Show Us Your Tandy Color Computer. So right now we can see that he's got a Color Computer 3 in his car because, you know, it, it's that's modern technology for you. All cars have computers in them now, if you think about it. Um, so there's your Coco 3, and here it is <laughs> on the display. Look at that. <laughs> Super Pitfall. I think they would fall on. under distracted driving laws. <laughs> <laughs> this says playing Super Pitfall on my Coco 3 on my car's radio, car radio's seven-inch display. Just can't drive at the same time since my car is standard. <laughs> He's got a manual <laughs> transmission, huh? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is classic. Did you, Steve, did you ever think you'd be seeing your game played in a car? All I can say is with the laws in California about distracted driving, I just never imagined it. <laughs> well, recent laws, I mean, when you release super fit. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, we've had distracted driving laws in California for a long, long time. Another just another, another reason an officer can arrest you. Another strange thing they showed on, the, on that site is a uh, color computer 2 that's gray. <laughs> Somebody's selling it. They painted it gray. Coco 1.5. Right. Yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah. Let's, pull, let's pull that up. Let's I thought that, that was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think it's a cool project. I, I want to give him 100% hats off to a cool project. Well, he's I, thinking out of the box. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing that I was not crazy about and I wasn't shy about sharing my opinion on, I just thought his starting price was a little high. Because he's, he's asking for, and this is Carlos Camacho, who's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, I met Carlos last year, or this year at Coco Fest. So here it is. And I'll pull up the, uh, I'll pull it up on eBay. So let's go back to full screen. And so here's the picture of the Coco. And so he painted it, um, uh, the actual color, which is called Mercedes Silver. So for a long time, we were calling this Battleship Gray because we didn't know. This was actually revealed on one of the um, crossover um, Floppy Days podcast, where Randy Kindig, I guess, had found out that the color is called Mercedes Silver, not Battleship Gray. Now, it was criticized, too, by Eric Gaverluck about the top coat, that it's a little bit too glossy, but that's in the eye of the beholder. Um, I would imagine this would be a good paint protector. Um, but, yeah, so it's a cocoa two with a cocoa one color he said he actually cleaned these keys with you know like uv lighting and all kinds of stuff so i'm sure it's immaculate on the inside so you see some really good detailing here of the paint um it looks very cool in the back here um look at the it's detail clean. on that it's very su clean. super clean um and then uh look i mean you can just see the kind of metal flake um texture there in the paint now these are custom labels he created too so this actually says 64k color computer 1.5 with a serial number i'm not sure if that's the original serial number but all the labels were recreated which i also think is very clever um and then it comes with the um, RF cable and in the in the basic manual. Now, this is the chip he said he replaced because there's a chip that causes a yellow bar to show up on the side of the screen sometimes. So that chip was replaced and socketed in case it ever needs to be replaced. Um, I believe he says he's changed all the capacitors too because those those go bad with time. 
Um, and then you can see how clean the output of it is right now, extended color basic. And then you can also see here too that the, um, the yellow bar on the side problem is gone. So there's definitely a lot of work that went into this, a lot of creativity and everything else. And, and, but you can see here that his, his, st his starting price here is $150 and there's zero bids on it. So uh, I wish him well. I mean, Carlos is a great guy and he does a lot of cool things and he provides. The nice thing about anything you buy from him is you'll know that it works. You'll know that whatever was wrong has been fixed. So you're buying a f highly functional machine. Hey, Ed Snyder is here. Welcome to the program, Zipster. So you know you're going to buy a machine that works. When you buy from a random stranger, you don't know if the Coco is going to work. You know, you're taking, you're taking your chances. When you buy from Carlos, you can buy of confidence. And, you know, it's, again, my only criticism is I think the asking price is a little high for my blood. You know what I mean? I'm not made out of money. If I was rolling in the dough like Curtis Boyle, you know, famous software developer, you know, maybe I could get a couple of these things, not think about it. So that's what um, I got to do. I got to make a project that I actually sell instead of giving it away. <laughs> that's the problem. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a neat project. Um, uh, he's done a few other ones too. He's done the Darth Vader cocoa that he painted all black, you know, so it is neat to see a custom cocoa and, and cocoa 2s are fairly common so it's not like you know it's not like those rare unicorns like i don't know that i would do that to a coco three i'm well, not even sure i would do it to a coco one yeah he also changed he, he also makes that standard too anything he sells he replaces the cpu with the 6309 he'll max out the ram um so it is a fully loaded coco it's clean it's custom I, again i don't want to discredit his talent and and the things he does to it i i, I just it's a little too rich for my blood is my only my only comment there. You, you really can't follow him too much because, you know, if he set the price too low, he just loses out of money. He can always set up high, nobody buys, and he lowers it. Yeah, true, true. Looks well, now we've just like advertised that, for him. I'm sorry, Brian, what were you saying? I said it certainly looks better than my Coco 2. <laughs> right, right, right. We just advertised for him. Right. Right, we just did. We just advertised for him. So, uh, and again, I wish him well, and I hope he sells it. And I'm sure whoever gets it will be happy with it. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's not going to be me. <laughs> Although, uh, and and looking at the pictures again too, I think the top coat might be a little bit too much too. Maybe I agree if the gloss is a little too much gloss. But again, that's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Maybe if it was a mute or a matte top coat and it wasn't quite as shiny, that would actually look more like the original Coco One did because the Coco One wasn't glossy either. It was very, very matte finished, you know. Steve, Maybe could you he, put the picture back up again of it? Yeah, sure. Hold on one second. Maybe he did that to uh, coat those uh, stickers on the bottom in the back. Okay, so here we go. Yep. Well, it's got the better Coco 2 keyboard on it. Yep, yep. It's got the better keyboard. Yeah. yeah no, no, it's just, uh, I, I tell you the honest truth, I think $150, not a bad figure for this machine. Now, okay. if, he's, if he's charging $75 for shipping, then I've got a problem. No, it is um, it is $33 for shipping, which is about, that's about on point. I've yeah. you know, I've shipped a that's few things, bad. so 20 to $30 shipping is, is about. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much okay with that, too. Okay, okay. It looks, I'm saying, it looks amazing. I will not take away anything from that. Um, it does look really good. I do, I am kind of also struggling with how glossy it is. Um, I'd have to see it in person to judge that. Yeah. 
True. It could be the flash and his camera is really highlighting that more than it happens. I don't know. It could be. It could be. Well, the other thing that you have to think about with glossy coats is that also helps with cleaning. Because then, you know, you can just use a little bit of, you know, standard cleaner and and wipe it wipe it clean, unlike some of the normal paints where stuff gets in the pores and it makes it harder to clean. Okay, Fedor says he he doesn't like it, but that's okay. Not, not everybody's going to like everything, so um, I think he, I think Carlos does great does a great service to the community by kind of pre-testing, pre-fixing, and and selling. You know, you can buy with confidence when you get from him. So that's that's a nice thing there. And it seems like I am outvoted on thinking on what the price for that is, and that's fine. You know, what I mean, the thing about mm-hmm. opinions is that you know everybody's opinion is their own. So um, very cool. Uh, Ed Snyder, we are very happy to have you joining us by um, text. If you wanted to join us by um, Skype, I'm not sure if you've joined the new Skype account, but it's um, anybody want to shoot out there in the in the YouTube chat what the uh, or I'll just put it out there too. Where the hell's my YouTube chat if I have it open? Um, so I'm going to put that out there. It's Coco Talk at cocotalk.live. If somebody wants to add us on Skype. Um, to join in and yeah so Ed I'd love to uh, I'll just tell you now in case you can't join us but um, if you want to get with me offline my um, RGB to S video adapter has just stopped working and I don't know if I caused it or if it just died of old age but if I could possibly send it back to you to have you check it out or if I could just request to order a new one I don't mind paying for it Um, it's just really put a damper on me being able to use my cocoa and record from my cocoa um, so that's that is actually my Christmas wish list is <laughs> a new <laughs> a new way to plug my cocoa through my PC so I can watch it live and and use it and record from it and create content because I'm way behind on cocoa content and I'm kind of spoiled now I don't want to use an emulator because I have the ability to use a real cocoa just not a, a good way to get a clean capture of it right now so does he have any SD, SDC uh, SDCs available to uh purchase ed snyder the question on the floor is coco sdc's do you have some for sale uh who else has got a wish list item for coco what do you wish you had that would make your coco better make your life easier make you happy on your coco it's that mm. good it yeah we're, we're all happy yes i want better sound i want better sound better sound better sound i'm so upset tandy for not taking the sound chip that they're going to put in the uh, deluxe color computer and not put it in there but their edict came down is that the coco 3 had to be cheaper to manufacture than the coco 2 that's the only reason why the uh, upper bosses would allow them to make the coco 3 wow and that was part of the thing if they threw that chip in there it'd make it more expensive and they couldn't get a pass but i'm still kind of upset over the fact that i never got a sound generator and now we have a few we have ed snyder's uh, what's it called psg programmable sound generator of course when we say ed snyder's ed didn't invent the chip but <laughs> ed released yeah. the card that contains the chip and then we, again we refer to john linville's chip which is made by who uh, texas instrument versus yamaha so you have a ti sound chip that's been around since what 
the uh, the first century BC, um, and uh, so John Linville is using the TI chip, which is the same chip that was on the Tandy 1000. Um, Ed Snyder is using a Yamaha chip, which was used on some other systems. Um, uh, I think Jim, uh, well, John Strong had been talking about a sound chip uh, around the same time. Uh, we're on, actually we're on the Coco Talk. Uh, I don't know what the hell Mark's saying there. Uh, oh, so Ed's saying he's out of SDCs right now. But John Strong had been talking about sound hardware uh, around the same time or even earlier than John Linville had released his official product. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking about sound and working on sound. Um, and then uh, Jim Brain had a sound chip, I think, similar to what Ed Snyder did that he was thinking about putting on on a Coco Flash or something else, too. So I actually uh, have the prototype of that. Yeah. So if I had one wish list item, it would be for the Super SDC that had a lot of stuff on one cartridge, which would negate the need for a multi-pack interface. So an SDC with sound support and possibly another bell, another whistle, but something that was standard, something that was simple, because the problem we have right now, you got so many choices, we've got so few developers, and, and at the moment there isn't a commercial product taking advantage of any of these sound options. So whatever it is somebody's got to write for it hey steve what's for christmas oh. is 512k ah okay i believe well, we he's can just down the street from you there rick so <laughs> true steve, was was the coco deluxe uh supposed to be like a coco 4 or was it a deluxe uh coco 3 or it was it pre coco 3 yeah it was pre coco 3 oh. it was basically an extended color computer one okay it actually came in a color computer one case. Did you read the Boise and Bill book, Ron Dovo, the Coco? No, I don't have it. No. Okay. They talk about it in there, um, and might as well do a shameful plug there since we're plugging the community. But if you have not gotten yourself a copy of Coco, the colorful history of Tandy's underdog computer by Boise, Pete, and Bill Lojudas, you should definitely probably grab yourself one of those. But one of the things they talked about in that book, and obviously Steve Bjork knows firsthand, he was there. But it was, uh, and that's where the Coco 3 keyboard came from. So the F1 keys and all that kind of stuff. The Coco 3 keyboard is the only thing that was left over from the deluxe color computer. But I believe Actually, it was Actually, gonna... they did change it slightly for the Coco 3, but they ended up taking the 5,000 they initially ordered and sold them in the Radio Shack stores. Ah, Okay. But it was going to have a version of the Speech Sound Pack chip built into the motherboard, so onboard sound, I think, just without the pick, though, so you didn't have to go through the pick to get to it. Nor oh. did it actually have the uh, chip that created the vo you know, the voice, the talking. It okay. just had, you know, it was the same chip that was in the Vectrex. Okay, okay. And there, uh, Curtis, has, Curtis has got a picture of it with the, you can see the function keys off to the side there. Um, but, and and again, that's actually the, the deluxe motherboard in there, too. That's the deluxe yeah. motherboard. So it could have existed. Um, it did. But it did exist. It did exist, but the <laughs> damn MC10, damn MC10 took all our damn VDGs away from us. <laughs> no sound chip in there? Yeah, no. yeah, there was. Yeah, there was a sound chip. In there. Wasn't there an RS-232 chip in there, too, Steve? Yep. Yeah, there was an, a full-fledged RS-232 port in there. Ah, and it was mapped into the same place as the current RS-232 cartridge. Yeah, so it was compatible software-wise with all the terminal programs and OS 9 and everything else. And it did kind of play around with the graphic modes a little bit by shifting the uh, phase on the color clock so you could change 
the colors, you know, like that terrible, terrible pastel mode, you could yeah. shift the colors and get slightly better pastel colors, so it wasn't so terrible. Okay. So not a not a full palette register, but a way to kind of not be limited to the same four colors? Right. Yeah. Neat. And there was a version of OS 9 that was completed for it. I think Alan discovered it uh, when they're going through the microwave stuff, and they actually found the driver disks, in including the drivers for the deluxe color computer for some of the hardware in there. It also had 128K of memory, too. Yeah. And a RAM disk uh, built into the disk basic ROM, or the extended right. basic ROM. Yeah. Somebody's got to build one. Yeah, so it's almost like a Cocoa 2.5, right? Not quite a Cocoa 3, um, more than a Cocoa 2, and some other side items that didn't and make their way to the Cocoa 3. Uh, well, that's yeah. kind of where we are right now. We can, we're, we're, we're looking at making a couple of Cocoa 4 with FPGAs. We're looking at, um, okay, Ed Snyder's saying a couple weeks probably he might have some more Cocoa SDCs. He says he's in the middle of all these analog boards for the Cocoa 3 FPGA project right now. That's the uh, Gary Becker one, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Right. He's making hey, an analog add-on to that. Ed, I'm going I'm to be contacting you. I, I do need at least one of those cards. There you go. That's I need a, sale, a second Ed. one as well. <laughs> and John will need some cases, so just just be forewarned. Yeah. My wish would be for more games too, you know, because I'm a game player and playing, you know, playing Coco games has just been like a lifelong hobby and passion of mine. You know, I, I just, I am not there yet where I can contribute to it. And, you know, uh, I, I look forward to that day where I can offer some, something, uh, to the game, uh, space, but it just seems like the developers we have, you can pretty much count them on one hand or maybe a couple more fingers I'm grateful for them all, but I just the selfish person in me wishes there were more games coming out, more than just two or three games per year. You know, Steve, Steve, please, <laughs> Steve, be careful what you ask for. You might start getting people sending you games to bug test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you want, I can patch some of the OS9 games so they are buggy, and then you can try to figure out how to fix them. So. <laughs> Actually, Grant's the king of that right now. Grant found the <laughs> ki the kill screen and uh, bomb threat. So, uh, and to be honest, I mean, this this has been the most games that have came out. I think in in years has been this year. The yeah, last couple oh yeah. Years. I'm it's, not. I'm not. I'm your not, wish I'm, has already been partly coming true. I would oh say. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and just it's because of your own efforts. And there's and, more in the pipe. And I'll just uh, shameful plug right now. I've got here's my still sealed copy of Bomb Threat, autographed by the man himself, Rick Adams. And um, look at that. And this is available. Rick's got a website for this. I believe I added you to my w website too, Rick, on the Retro Swag Shop uh, at 8bit56.com. Oh, so I think I've got a link to your Bomb Threat. The ability to purchase Bomb Threat is also linked over uh, on my swag shop. Uh, I think I'm behind adding Bruce to that, but yeah, there there are a number of new games. Like so, right now, you know, Forest of Doom was new. Uh, Timberman is now just out new. Uh, Bomb Threat was just behind that. Um, before that, this year, earlier this year, we had Flood It by Evan Wright on a cartridge. Um, uh, I think that was one of the newer games this year. Last year, we had several games. We had. Um, Farfall, we had Popstar mm -hmm. Pilot, we had Bomb Squad. Uh, so yeah, there. You know, I have a stack of cartridges and new games, and I'm happy for what I have. It's just like again, I'm just being selfish, wishing I had 
a few more. <laughs> of course, I could add a shameful plug that they would all play pretty good on a Coco to Atari joystick adapter. But <laughs> who's saying? No. Is that Project Mercury again? <laughs> yeah, Project Mercury. <laughs> so what's right. Project Venus? That's my question. I uh, don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the things I did forget to add is a lot of this, there was a, a lot of effort with uh, Jim Brain because I was talking about this in our Discord chats. And um, I gave him the dimensions, and he just, like, whipped up the board, the PC board, like, in less than oh, an hour. Oh, wow. So he, so that little circuit board that goes in the connection. He, that, was, um, that was Jim Brain. Yeah. Hey, Mark, Mark, to answer your question, it's Frenomythic. I believe Fedor's already in there. His uh, Discord name is Frenomythic. Um, oh, okay, thanks. I was looking for it. Yeah, no, that's cool. I love that little picture. It's very small, um, and and that's kind of cool to have a whole passive inline solution without any extra bulk to it. You know. Yeah, that was uh, that was the whole idea. Was I I just wanted to get a joystick adapter that you know because most of them were put in project boxes and yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying there's anything bad about them. I mean, just I wanted no. to try to reduce the footprint of the cocoa. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. No, I like it. I like it. Yep. And, I, and back and I to like the games. Don't forget the dragon ones that have been coming out too, like dungeons. True, and stuff too. dungeons is out, and um, Tiburon, and uh, the other one that Stuart Orchard is making, where it's kind of a cool uh, top-down shooter. Yeah, there's stuff out there, uh, and that's another challenge I have is is right now time to play. Like I still haven't really played Forest of Doom. The only time I looked at it and played with it is that time that we interviewed Bruce. I haven't had time to sit down and play it. Uh, he even says, listen, if you were an early tester of the game, you have a chance to win the cup. The chalice of, what was it called? Chalice of victory or chalice of, gosh, I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that would be kind of cool, right? Bra bragging rights. So Bravery, I believe. Chalice of bravery. Oh, look at that. Who's holding up a uh, bomb? Th uh, 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 yeah. There we go. Timberman Timber picture. Man. There we go. I yeah. I changed my... Uh... <laughs> Your pro, is that your profile picture? So it looks like yeah. it, it, it does kind of look like you, Ron. I'm not going to lie. Ron Delvaux is the Timberman. It's, it's coming soon uh, for the holiday season of 2018. Yep. He's a lumberjack. It's, He's okay. Yeah. <laughs> coming this holiday season, Timberman stalling Ron Delvaux. <laughs> There's action. Get down. <laughs> There's romance. Get to the chopper. <laughs> you know, it would be a great idea. I always admired John Fogarty because he yeah. always put those kinds of shirts. Yeah, cool. You know, it'd be a great, a great idea and a tie-in. Maybe we can get Rondelvo to go to Coco Fest and dress up as Timberman. Yeah, that'd be great. That He'll be, be the great. new version of the Coco Cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, no, no problem bringing axe through airport security, right? <laughs> oh no, no, no problem at all. <laughs> You just have oh, to check that in your luggage. <laughs> Somewhere well, I, I do have, have an axe in my collection that would go through uh, security because it's rubber. Ah, prop. There you go. Mm -hmm. You don't well, you have an axe know, to find. TSA. Yeah, that's true. TSA stands for Too Stupid for Arby's. Arby's <laughs> 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 here. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they can't even get the fries straight at that place there. They're all twisted around. I'm glad that I didn't have to go through security at the airport with a bunch of uh, copies of Bomb Threat. Yeah, right? I wonder yeah. if they came from Canada. Well, they drove anyways, right? So, uh, oh, we I still know. have to check your customs. I had problems with John's. Well, actually, I had more problems because I didn't have a receipt. But. Right. 
Well, you have to you have to wonder. Uh, you know, if you were, you know, if you were that person bringing a bomb, would you bring an actual bomb in a package that said bomb, or would you try to be discreet about it? <laughs> reverse psychology. It might yeah. work on the TSA. How, how dumb of a bomber are you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what else? Any other wish list items? Have we beat this one to death? I just wish I had a multi pack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is the mini pack. Another Ed Snyder, fine Ed Snyder product, complete with case from John Strong. Um, you know, yeah, we need multi- somebody to uh, draw up a uh, guy holding a stick, <laughs> and then when it's time, you could just play that thing, and it would be somebody beating the topic or something. <laughs> we beat this one to death, right? We need yeah. an anim- we need an animation for that. We got to find an- I'll find an animated GIF GIF yeah. part of me that I can pull up on the screen. Um, well, well then, mine. okay, okay. For me, uh, another thing I'd say is, gee, I wish the Coco had a, some sort of graphic splitter. That was part of my my wish list too. Part yeah. of either the Gimme X or yeah. the Coco Mem project. No, right. ex- explain. Or for, like sprites. Yeah, splitter. What splitter? Yeah, explain, no explain, explain blitter for for people who. Uh, I'll tell you what I think it is. Is that what like? On Defender, where you had all those sparks explode into the screen, is that a blitter, or what exactly is a blitter? A blitter is a hardware technique of transferring information around in memory. Um, it's a little bit along the lines of what a DMA does, where it moves memory from one place to another, but the blitter has functional control, so it can take the information as you transfer it. It can scale it down. It can do some other adjustments, but more importantly, it as it puts the information to the screen, it can also mask it at the same time. So it doesn't look like you're just throwing a square of memory up there. You're actually drawing the image on the screen. Okay. Uh, you were Steve, talking about a computer down there below me. You're talking about the uh, the one with the green Stop glow blinking. on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Stevie Stroh, I mean, if you remember your basic uh, when you did your little rocket ship flying and you're doing the background masking so we, you could see through the window and yeah, see the plan behind, that's what the blitter does in hardware. In hardware. So you just tell it, here's your shape. You go do all the calculations for that. Okay. And so see the sprites? No, sprites are something totally different. Sprites are actually a overlay over the main background screen of a graphic image. Typically, the video display generator builds them one line at a time, but puts that information in on top of it for you. So it's it's not affecting the way the bitmap memory is. It's affecting the way the buffer is for that line that's going to get displayed to the screen. And now that I've totally uh, messed up probably explaining it in simple English... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the sprite doesn't do any processing. It's just an image that the hardware then puts over top of the whatever the main image is. Mm-hmm. So they're already um, th- Think of it like Photoshop, where you have multiple layers. And then right. what you see is the final product, but how it's laid out in memory is different. Because you have one that's your background, one that's your foreground. Nintendo did that, where you had your background, and then you had your your different layers that had different things that could move. Yeah, you had four layers on the Nintendo Super NES, plus 
you could sit there and say on a particular sprite, are you in front of or behind a particular layer too? Right. Yeah. Whereas a blitter, you can actually affect the direct graphics RAM and you can do other kinds of manipulations rather than just overlaying an image. You can do all kinds of you know, special effects depending on the blitter. So to me, it sounds like a blitter is doing in hardware what Coco game developers are already doing in software, doing all of the masking and foreground, background, alpha, transparencies, all that kind of stuff, just yeah. doing it in actual hardware. And, and, and much the, faster. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. In hardware, you're able to run at the speed of memory opposed right. to having a processor that has sure. to interpolate the data and then put it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Plus, a, at least... Your main processor available to do other stuff. Exactly. Okay, we have a we have a posting here from Salvador uh, Garcia says hi all late as usual. I went to an hour of code event. What wish list items? Jim's memory expansion in a composite and VGA converters for the Cocos. So there's Salvador's um, wish list items there. Um, Cool. Yeah, now Blitter sounds like a cool thing. I know Nick Morentis was asking about that. Um, you know, we start to cross into that territory that we brought up before. When you start adding all of these things, when does a Coco stop becoming a Coco? And and I guess if you if you're like most of us on the call here, you're probably saying who cares? Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, and I think to me the only negative I see to adding all these superpowers is just having somebody to write something to really take advantage of them, which is would be one of my wish list items too. Yeah, if we're going to make all this new hardware and all these cool things, then we just need to have things to show them off. And demos are great, but an actual product would be even better, like a playable game with um, all these bells and whistles. would be really cool. Music and blitters and oh my. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to have that done and we can do stuff with Nitrous 9 is because it's a driver-based operating system is that if you write a Base 9 game and it just re replaces the graph-driven driver with one that knows this hardware exists and accelerates it all, you don't have to rewrite the game at all. You just run it, and it runs 10 times faster. Yeah. It was kind of like we did with the 6309 chip. I mean, the, the operating system runs between 30 to 100% faster, and you don't have to change any of your code whatsoever. So that's that's the advantage of having a quote-unquote real operating system under Because on disk extent, basically, you pretty well have to rewrite the game every time. Right, right, right. Yeah, you have to. Your routines are kind of hard coded; they're not modular. Yeah, nothing prevents you from doing that, of course. But yeah, know. yeah, it's more work. That it's, it's, that that what's it's a that? free thing with with an operating system where you just rewrite the driver, right. just like when you upgrade your graphics card in your PC. Right, right. What that does not give you is. <laughs> so. Well, actually, it'd be easier because you don't have to rewrite your software. You're no, I mean, I mean, an RS DOS. It doesn't oh, give yeah, you the ease yeah. of use. Yeah. So, and I hate using RS DOS because it's not really a DOS. <laughs> it's basic with disk commands. Um, uh, cool stuff. Yeah, I like the topic of wish list items. Uh, I'm trying to keep my wish list items somewhat um, practical. Uh, wish for more software. Wish for a good out output. Um, I'd now, like. Are I'd you like wishing sound for VGA too. or are you wishing for HDMI? Because I no, think that's been uh, transitioning too, right? No, I don't want VGA. No. So right now, my two options are going to be the S video or HDMI. I don't have anything to record from VGA, and I've resisted uh, because Barry Nelson and a lot of people have been talking for a long time. You know, just get a SCART to HDMI and just get this and just get that. And that's there's nothing wrong with those suggestions. And for me, again, this gets down to opinion and preference. It's not right or wrong, but I've got limited real estate 
and I'm also just a fan of minimalism whenever possible. So I just don't want a bunch of crap. I don't want a cable that goes into a box that goes to another cable that then goes to another box. You know, it's just it's just a bunch of clutter. Um, with my S video adapter, the footprint of the S video circuit board was very small, and that outputted with a single cable to an S video USB dongle that was plugged into the back of my PC. So nothing, no space at all, next to no space was taking up on my desk. Right now, I've got the freaking um, the box here to convert SCART to HDMI. This has to then plug into another box that captures HDMI. So I now need two boxes to do this. And again, it works, but this is just me and my first world problem saying, I wish I didn't need so many damn boxes because every box needs a wall wart and, an, and a power outlet too. Um, so for me, less is more, and that's just my preference. Um, and the only reason why I even tried this is because my S-Video stopped working. I, I was very happy with that S-Video. The, the picture was great. The RGB was flawless, and, and it just kind of worked, you know? Heck, the color computers like module like this anyway, you know? This is yeah. kind of what life is like. Yeah, but VGA is, does not appeal to me because I don't want to, I'm not going to plug in a VGA monitor and I, I don't have anything to capture from VGA and I'm not spending even more money on, on that. Yeah, and VGA is slowly starting to disappear. Yeah, I think. yeah, it's, it's, it's still analog and it's technically, it's like a 80s, 90s technology, you know? So Steve, can I wrap up for you? Yeah, what's that? Yeah, so we want, so what the wish list is a Coco SDC with a multi-pack uh, two sound chips, an Op90, a speech sound pack, an RS232, hardware blitter, network card, HDMI, and S-Video, and 8 meg memory. Who's going to tell Ed? Okay. Oh, oh, we also need a 6309. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. 6309. Side of fries. Side of fries. A 6309, that's what we need. <laughs> Are we over a 1,000 yet? <laughs> Orders? Dollars. <laughs> Big Ed just fell over. Yeah. Uh, I see a little bit of chatter on the sidebar here talking about Discord. And, and um, just so you guys know, Discord is something we use to communicate, but we don't use Discord for the actual live show. So the live show is still going through Skype. If you wanted to join the live call, you need to add CocoTalk at CocoTalk.live as a Skype contact, and you can call in. Um, we still like to have you join us on Discord because we have a lot of offline conversations going on there, uh, and just daily, daily just talking about stuff. Uh, yeah, that's a nice wish list. I mean, it's theoretically possible to build all that into one thing. <laughs> the uh, Uber card, I think, is what the Uber device is what Jim Brain was calling it, right? We're gonna yep. build the Uber Coco device. Uh, the Eliminator Three, I'd right, call it. Right. And then at this point, it's starting to become something like the Coco FPGA or the DEC Nano Coco on a chip because it's, you know, uh, the amount of money you're going to spend into all these peripherals to add on to your Coco, and then your Coco is going to be like the size of a VW bus with all of the accoutrements attached to it. You might have just gotten the, uh, the DEC Nano or FPGA project and having a, a small form factor. Uh, this way I get to keep the original Coco keyboard. <laughs> and all its glory, right? So, <laughs> And the black joysticks, you know. Yeah. Well, the Roger Taylor thing's got those uh, analog, he's got the That's analog true. ports for that where you can plug them in. And I think it's actually up to like 8-bit resolution. But, um, or 12 it, or something, yeah. Something like that, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's something like a 2 12-bit DAX or something like that. So, um, 
Yeah, and th- that's a whole other interesting horizon. Then I think if if that became something I could just purchase and it was already assembled and it worked, I'd probably buy one for a couple hundred bucks. You know, because you're going to spend that much money on all these add-ons to your Cocoa Three, anyways. Um, another interesting one is the cocoa pie and in, in the cocoa pie has come a long way. Uh, basically the cocoa pie is a semi almost, you can almost call it a hardware based emulator, but it's still running. It's running MAME on raspberry Pi, and it definitely works. Uh, there is a little bit of a sound glitch in it that is inherent to the cocoa pie sound chip itself. So this is not got nothing to do with MAME. Um, I, I would say it's about a 95% solution and between MAME updates and what the work that Ron Klein and a few people put into it I, I think it'll get better but that might be something I start doing too is just recording from the Cocoa Pie because that does output HDMI and I can record HDMI I just find that I, I do hear some static and clicking from time to time that just you know those little things bother me so hey your bandwidth is great yeah yeah I mean, That's good. we're all moving around and jiggling. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> working. Yeah, I'm not it. sure if that's a good thing, but sure. yeah, do a dance for us, yeah. Timberman. <laughs> <laughs> all right, have we beat this one to death? Anybody have anything else they want to add to it? Uh, I don't know. Nick's typing something in Skype, but I don't know if he's able to hear the stream. But okay. All right. Well, while you guys think about that, I'm going to run another commercial. We'll talk about um, Cocoa Fest again. I don't think um, a lot has changed on that website, but we'll at least mention Cocoa Fest, keep it in everyone's minds. So gather your thoughts on any other Christmas wish list items for the Cocoa, and um, we'll be back in just a minute here. Greetings, YouTubers. Atari Leaf here, and you're listening to Cocoa Talk. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me, it's Original Gamer Stevie Stroh, and welcome to a brand new segment of the show that we call The Pandering Segment. And this is where we ask you to help support our efforts by checking out our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com, where you can grab yourself a coffee mug like this, or maybe like this, or maybe one of the even cool new deluxe travel mugs, possibly even a DVD featuring some gameplay goodness. All of the proceeds that we get from the Retro Swag Shop go right back into the production and hosting costs of the show, as well as compensating the artist Joel Adams, who designs all these cool things for us. So consider supporting our endeavors by picking yourself up a piece of merchandise from 8bit256.com. On top of that, if you'd really like to help out the show on a long-term basis, we've got a brand new Patreon site where you can support us with regular contributions. And you can visit us there at patreon.com slash OGSteviestrow. However, we'll keep it real simple. Visit us on the web at cocotalk.live and you can get all the information there. And while you're there, why not send us an email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear some feedback from you, some suggestions for future show ideas and topics, and maybe even submit a segment or bumper yourself. The show wouldn't be anything without you, and we appreciate all of your support. That guy's annoying, isn't he? All right, so we are back. And did anybody come up with any other wish list items you want to talk about? How did you scratch yourself, Steve? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a funny story, and that—that's already healed by now because I am uh, uh, borderline immortal. But that was the day after Thanksgiving. We got our Christmas tree, 
and I was getting the Christmas tree off of the roof, and it freaking fell on my face. <laughs> I caught the tree. <laughs> so I caught the Christmas tree with my face. I took one for the team. So. Now, was, was Timberman, like, hacking it down, and that's why it fell on you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll probably have to redo that one and get rid of the scar tissue there. Huh? So, uh, <laughs> good stuff. All right, any other wish list items, or have we beat the wishing to death for now? I think that's it for now. All mm -hmm. right. So, so we will go ahead and look at the Cocoa Fest website. And I, I believe right now the only thing that has changed is the main page here. So this is at glensideccc.com. This is the Glenside Color Computer Club. These are the folks who have been bringing us Cocoa Fest for going on 28 years now. So we have the date. The date is, uh, where the hell is the date? I'm going cross-eyed right now. April 21st and 22nd of 2018. So we're looking at about five months away. Uh, it's a two-day event. For those of you who um, don't know this and you're thinking about coming to Cocoa Fest for your first time, I, I strongly encourage you to make your travel plans to a point where you don't have to leave Sunday. You can stay there Sunday night and travel home Monday because there is a little after party that takes place after Coco Fest. Coco Fest ends on Sunday, technically around 3 p.m. because I think we have to be out of there by 5. But there's usually a dinner that will take place. And it's like your last chance to hang out with everybody before everybody goes back to their lives. So I would strongly suggest try to get there early Friday where you can hang out Friday night. Saturday is a full day. Sunday is a full three-quarter day. But it's nice to have a Sunday evening with the cocoa nuts before you get home. Um, I don't think, yeah, so everything else that right now is from 2017. So that stuff has not been, um, that stuff has not been updated, but again, we're five months out, so no big deal there. So I would just suggest if you have not been to a Cocoa Fest, if you have not been to a Tandy Assembly, I can't encourage you enough to, to make the effort, you know, and for me, it was, you know, part of it is, um, you know, there's the financial challenge. You got to, you, you know, you, you need to get there. You're either going to fly or you're going to drive. So that takes time. It takes gas. There's the hotel, you know, it's a hundred bucks a night. So you're looking at two, 200, $300 in hotel and you probably want to eat while you're there. Uh, you want to save money for the auction, the no minimum bid auction. This is like, uh, this is like the penny stock version of eBay. We're going to find cool stuff that you can get for pennies on the dollar. And if you are driving and you can take it home with you, you can get some incredible deals there. I've always regretted not, um, being able to bid on anything because I was traveling in a suitcase in an airplane. And matter of fact, well, it was this year I ended up getting the um, TDP 100 that I got off of Steve Noskowitz for $20. So <laughs> a working TDP 100 with a composite mod on it too. And that I could fit in my suitcase. So I did get something. Um, now this year at Tandy Assembly when I drove, I drove on purpose thinking, hey, we're going to buy stuff. But by the time we got to the auction, I was so damn hungry, we went to lunch. <laughs> so a bunch of us went next door to Roosters, and we had wings and stuff, so I didn't bid on anything. Um, but, yeah, the auction is a great a great part. So we don't know what speaking engagements are going to be there yet. Um, this year, Rick Adams was our keynote speaker talking about bomb threat and you know his history with the cocoa and stuff. That was very entertaining. Um, Everybody who's working on projects, we get to hear about some of the projects in the speaking part. And there's the whole exhibit area where people have got tables showing off 
their things. So it's a good time. If you love the cocoa, you definitely want to try to get out to Cocoa Fest. And you got five months to figure it out to make it happen, you know? Oh, Jim has popped into the chat as well on YouTube now, and he said, "Yeah, oh, come on, go for thirty-two slots." In oh, the thirty-two MPI. slot MPI. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. We're because you know, we're talking about saving space here, so that makes perfect sense. <laughs> He's even got one taker so far. Brian says he'll get one. Oh yeah, thirty-two slot MPI. Yeah, I figure you can put one sound card in each, and if you do four voices on each, that'll give you how many voices total? <laughs> 128 you can do like a full surround sound 3d like above your head below wow just like atmos yeah <laughs> i got a question for brian i'm trying to figure out brian joyce what is the significance of your profile picture here this is a very interesting artistic um face that looks like a sculpture <laughs> well, my real face is pretty ugly so i thought I'd <laughs> hey, listen look 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 who you're up here with okay this is not a beauty <laughs> yeah. pageant okay so. <laughs> speak for yourself steve it's <laughs> <laughs> very artistic though it looks like a sculpture or something it's nice you're speaking about david's face that way uh, <laughs> curtis that was a compliment well, I'm bald and a goatee, so I look a bit like David Lane, so I've got to change all right, it. All right, all right. So, Can't be looking the same. So who has been in the live chat? Let's let's acknowledge some people who have been here in the live chat. So Norlander has been with us. Coco Man has been with us. Scott Went has been with us. Tom C. has been here. Tim Franklin was here. Sixy was here. Uh, Wayne Campbell stopped by for a little bit in the live chat. Uh, obviously, some of us in the panel here in the live chat. Uh, Fedor Stamen, um is here in the live chat. So was Ed Snyder, Mr. Zipster himself, stopped by the live chat. And uh, Ed, you are welcome on the show anytime you want to talk about your projects, anytime you want to plug what you're working on, or just join us for no particular reason whatsoever. Um, and who else? Who else? Who else? Salvador Garcia was here. Hello, Salvador. Retro Innovations, Jim Brains out here trolling the chat. So, um, yeah. And we got a, we've had a pretty full house in the chat today too, and um, it's been a good another good show. Um, are we are we running out of things to talk about here? We're we gonna start winding down. Want to save it for next week? Uh, I'm sure I could come up with some floppy stuff if you like. <laughs> yeah, so let's wind it down. Um, yeah, we'll wind it down. We're not we're not having a newbie talk this week. Grant Leedy's been here, and Grant has not said much because Grant is sick. But we appreciate you. Being the soldier and sticking through the whole show, Grant, and uh, thank, thanks for running Skype for us today. Um, what about next week? What kind of topic? And, and by the way, for those of you who are watching now or who are maybe going to be watching later or listening on the podcast later, since we brought up the topic of Cocoa Wishlist items, uh, chime in with your feedback and let us know what your Cocoa Wishlist is, and we'll maybe we'll, we'll talk about this next week in our little feedback section. Love to hear that. Um, what about next week? What do we want to talk about next week? We're going to be a whole week into December. That will be December the 9th. Maybe we'll get Paul Thayer on. Maybe we can get Ed Snyder in here. Maybe we can get Ron Klein to talk about Cocoa Pie. I'll keep pushing for those. Anybody else yep. got something we should try to try to get to next week? We should play the Christmas demo. That would be a great idea. We really yeah. should. <clears throat> there's a couple of them, actually. I mean, there's the Tandy one. There was a Christmas music one that had little background graphics for the Cocoa 1 and 2. 
So. How about a gameplay of Christmas Rush? That's not a bad idea, too. Get huh? Christmas yeah. Rush. Yeah. Um, so I just want to remind, we don't know what next week's topic is going to be just yet, but on December the 16th, we do know what the topic is going to be. It's going to be the Chalice of Bravery. It's going to be the second round of contest winners of Forest of Doom. We're going to probably do a live stream of Forest of Doom. It's either going to be live or I might actually pre-record it so we can maybe fast forward through a different few different sections of it and see how the gameplay progresses and how the leveling progresses and see how far we can get. Welcome to Coco Talk. We're on Klein's artistry there. Uh, his, his, his artistry knows no bounds right there. Um, it's beautiful stuff there. So, yeah, so, so not next week, but the week after, we're going to be airing at a special time. It'll be two hours earlier, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the Chalice of Bravery, Force of Doom um, episode, plus whatever else we end up talking about that week. Uh, I definitely said hello to everybody in the live chat, which is good. So yeah, put your thinking caps on for what we'll talk about next week. Send us some feedback. We love our Coco, too. Ron has there in his artwork, too. Yes, so send us some feedback to Coco Talk at CocoTalk.live with show suggestions and topics and things like that. Um, I also want to thank some of our new panelists that we have this week so uh brian joyce from australia thanks for being here brian good eye to you and coco man are, are you still in the witness protection program can you tell people your real name or are you still going by just coco man oh no jason reichert is my name okay jason i didn't want to reveal that without you know giving away <laughs> uh, anything here so jason thanks for joining us too pop star pilots upside down you got to fix that one I know, it's, it's hard looking in the camera, right? Yeah, <laughs> so yes, some, yes. some great offerings. And these are some of the foreign imports here. So Popstar Pilot from Australia, Forest of Doom from Canada. So, you know, we are a multi multicultural community here. Um, anybody got anything Rick's they want? Rick Adams, Bomb Threat. Let me, uh, let me do that. I got to represent here. So hold on. As we're holding up still games, available. Yeah, it's on his it's on his website, or you can go to uh, uh, if you want to put your website in the chat, Rick, or if not, just go to 8bit256.com. I've got a link to it there. So, Bomb Threat and Timberman are here as well, so we might as well represent I some of the new that. new Coco games. Yeah, he's got a link, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Matter of fact, rather than me guessing, let me um, look at this infinity Ooh. window here. Look at the infinity window. So. This is a multi-purpose thing here right now because I get to plug the swag shop real quick uh, at 8bit256.com. But uh, also, if I go over here to <laughs> DVDs and software, so here's where you can get one of my DVDs. And then if you scroll down here, this is where you can get the link to Rick Adams' Bomb Threat. So I do have a link to that, and that will take you to the ordering page where you can get Rick Adams' Bomb Threat for a mere $20, but it also includes lots of bonus content. There are videos on there, um, things like that, so it's not just the game, all right? So, yeah, if you don't know Rick's URL, I've got it on mine. Go to 8bit256.com, click on DVDs, and there you can get your copy of Bomb Threat. And hopefully at um, Coco Fest, we might get another round. Shut up and take my money. That's <laughs> what Coco made. I love that meme. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe we'll get another round of cartridges at um, Tandy Assembly for those of you who want a ROM pack of the game and uh, maybe get a chance to get Rick to autograph it for you too. It would be kind of cool. If I'm planning on buying both there. Timberman and Bomb Threat with autographed coffee. So yeah. So, so, um, if so there are cartridges there, which I can't imagine why there wouldn't be, 
uh, I will certainly, uh, uh, I will autograph them for free. Autograph them for free. There you go. As long as they show See? a receipt and proof of purchase of the cartridge, right? Nope. <laughs> I don't so. have time to check. <laughs> so for those of you with your counterfeit cartridges, you can get them signed. So. Right. <laughs> Good stuff. Anybody else have anything they would like to plug before we wrap up this week's show? As always, my hot and hackers. And I'm hoping to have a new game by then, but we'll see. Say that again, Steve. As always, haunthackers.com Haunt? for all of your Halloween controller needs. <laughs> and I, I've got plenty of needs when it comes to Halloween controlling. So, <laughs> Or just in general. But. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's David Ladd's creepy voice just kicked in. So. <laughs> uh, well, you I, did say Halloween. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Holiday built for you. Uh, Fedor says, can we plug our stuff? Yeah, what do you want to plug there, uh, Fedor? Why not? Nobody's making any money here, so why not? (laughs) Plug it. Uh, Good stuff. All right, so while we're waiting on Fedor, we will say... uh, Oh, oh, uh, I can plug my 6309 processors I have for sale. Okay, put them in the Skype chat, too. Oh, okay. But go ahead and say it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's uh, Richard at VoiceOnTech.com, or you can go on eBay, search for the Hitachi 6309, look for the logo that says U.S. Shipper, and you can see it there. Okay, Boyson, B-O-Y-S-O-N. Yes. Right, so Rich, Richard at VoiceOnTech.com is your email. Correct. So we can email Richard yes. looking for um, 6309 chips, um, and hopefully your website will be up soon, too. And uh, boysontech.com yeah, will hopefully be there. Right. Okay. And uh, Fedor is plugging his YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash C for channel slash phrenomythic, P-H-R-E-N-O-M-Y-T-H-I-C. If you're watching the live chat, you'll see that in there. Um, Fedor, good friend of the show, friend of the community. Uh, now we have Coco Man putting out his pl- website here, Coco Man. Dot org. Um, so there you have it. So not Coco related, Fedor says, but that's fine. You're a member of the Coco community. Neither was Haunt Hackers for that matter, but that's okay. It's plug time, so you can plug whatever. Um, I do want to say that you know what? It's like we're talking about um, we're talking about Coco Fest. You know, Coco Fest is kind of what launched um, Coco Talk, and it was that whole time of. The anticipation of Cocoa Fest uh, uh, very much to me reminds me of that whole Christmas spirit feeling you get. So we're kind of in the Christmas spirit right now, getting ready for the holidays and everything else, Christmas and Hanukkah and all that good stuff. So we're starting to feel good inside and warm and fuzzy. And that feeling kind of carried over, um, especially throughout the month of, month of March when we started Cocoa Talk um, this year. So it's going to be kind of cool to come on our, our first anniversary of Cocoa Talk pretty soon. Um, it might be interesting too. We can ask for permission, and, and they're usually pretty uh, amenable. But maybe we could have a Coco Talk live from um, from Coco Fest, you know, where we live stream it from the event and 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 have a live audience of whoever comes out, kind of like what we did at Tandy Assembly. But this one would be all Coco, you know. Um, yep, so that'd be kind of cool. Idea. So we can ask, you know, they you need to say it's just ask. Or is it ask for ask for forgiveness rather than permission or something like that? But whatever. So, <laughs> are we planning uh, on doing a game playing little thing like we talked about 
doing it last year. We never did it, but you know, Friday there was one of the new games. Oh, like a high score season. contest or something. Yeah. We can, we can, we can talk about it, and maybe we can even do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, I got an idea for another one that you could record too. After we've all on Saturday night have hit the bar. I don't say broadcast it live because you're going to probably have to bleep some things, but we yeah. can have a nice conversation recorded. Okay, Coco Talk After Dark. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Coco Talk Uncensored. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the darker yeah. side. The darker side of Coco. What do you really think? <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I'd fit right in. <laughs> Let's you talk want 15 about minutes about the... Um, uh, MC10. <laughs> I can take 15 hours of MC10 bashing based on last week's show. It was great. <laughs> that's that's definitely giving me some ideas for a best of episode as well as uh, some bonus content for our patrons. To yeah. um, are we going to invite uh, viewers to submit uh, chunks that they would like to see in the best of episode? We can do that. Let's do that right now. So um, we've been. Uh, it's. You, you have you have so many discussions you forget which ones are internal and which ones are public but yeah so we'll throw that out there right now um, we have been thinking about wanting to do a best of Coco talk and maybe make it like a, a year-end review and so what we would ask is for those of you who watch Coco talk and we certainly appreciate that you do is to look through your episodes find out some of your favorite episodes or some favorite moments of those episodes and then just email us say look and it was episode 15 and it was at the one hour and 15 minute mark or whatever it is just email us the episode number and a timestamp of where the segment was and we'll go through and we will compile those and we'll create a best of thing but for me to scrub through you know now 38 episodes of three to four hours a piece uh, I'll just never have the time to make that decision my and I think it's better to have this crowdsourced and have the community decide. So um, please, I'm going to put this in the in the in the live chat right now. Please help us um, determine the best of moments, and then email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Um, give us episode number and timestamp. There you go. So yeah, if anybody's willing to do that, to um, just kind of go through your episodes, scrub around, figure out what you liked. We'll take all those, and it'd be great to have a year-end um, episode, kind of the best of Coco Talk. All right. Anybody else? Any closing thoughts? Anything else you want to plug? Are we ready to put this one to bed? I think I'm good. All right. So we're coming up on two and a half hours, so probably not a bad time to go ahead and end the show. So we now have our new and improved Coco Talk outro, which we'll play for everyone. So enjoy. The music, as created by D. Bruce Moore, author, author of Forest of Doom. Bruce has graciously given us some music to use for our theme song. And listen to that, and we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to... <laughs> Jim, Jim Brain says that the 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0 mark to 0, 0, 0, 0. One where no one was talking was the best part ever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, silence is golden. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jim. We, it wouldn't be a show without Jim trolling the comments there. So <laughs> I can die a happy man now. 
All right. So we're going to go to outro, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for watching Coco Talk. Check us out on CocoTalk.live. And thank you all for being here in the panel. Once again, we've had uh, – who have we had here? We have had uh, – what's his name there? Grant Leedy and Ron Delvaux and uh, Curtis Boyle and Mark Overholzer and Rick Adams and David Ladd and Brian Joyce and Steve Bjork and Richard Lorbieski and Coco Man. We were also joined earlier by John Strong as well of Strongware. Thanks, guys, for being here, and thank you all in the live chat. We'll see you next week. Thank you for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. If you love the color computer like we do, then visit imacoconut.com for all your color computer needs. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, we'd love for you to visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash Coco Talk would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Rick Adams, Ron Delvoe, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Nick Marentes, Karen Anscombe, Simon Jonason, Wayne Campbell, Steve Batson, John Strong, and Barry Nelson. Special thanks to Steve Bjork for production suggestions. Stay on target, everyone. Please help support the Color Computer community by visiting some of its contributors. The Coco Crew Podcast at cococrew.org. Glenside Color Computer Club, host of Coco Fest at glensideccc.com. Jim Brain and Retro Innovations at go, the number four, retro.com. Tandy Assembly at tandyassembly.com. Cloud9 Technologies at cloud, the number nine, tech.com.